And I'm way there. It is. We're gonna do a show. We can now because can. this thing it? was acting really slow. It doesn't. I don't know what's going on. Your computer. Anymore. I have too much. Uh oh. I, I I I'm not a trained technology guy. I'm my own tech support. Well, you know, you do a way better job than I think I would have. Just do just do this minor setup right here. I would probably be like wrapped in John's cable. pointing right now, just so you guys know. Yeah, what we have going on here is it's not super elaborate, I'm sure, in the scheme of no, things. No, this is elaborate. It is? Yeah, absolutely. You've been to, I mean, other, if people are doing them at, like, we don't do our show at the uh, All Things Comedy Network. That's probably way more elaborate than this, but the well, average we don't, person. But we don't see that. All you do is sit down at a desk there, and then Aaron runs it, and yeah, then. There's yeah. somebody hiding in the corner. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. He's good. It's just, uh, we don't see the board and stuff. So like, when I say, I don't know what. Like, I've been in recording studios, and that's a small mixing board in comparison. My point is, my point is, I would be wrapped up in cables like a cartoon (laughs) character, just figuring that out. You'd have to call your brother. Welcome to uh, Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. And I'm John Huck. All right. Is there anything you want to say about me? Have you noticed anything different? Uh... I started working out yesterday. (laughs) So you you haven't noticed anything? I planked. You're not going (laughs) to... All right. What I meant to say was, I, I noticed as you—is that why you were standing like Superman in front of my car? No, I was showing off my lady shorts. These are a pair of the shorts that I bought that are lady shorts. There's a lot of. Did you hear all the background yeah. yelling? Yeah, because I, that's I, what I, happened back then. I've never heard that before. Well, they probably got mad because uh, this is an old song. Maybe a black man walked in the room back in Hollywood days, and they said, "How do you get in here?" And like, he's serving us. Anyway. And that was Brian's take on old Hollywood. That's, well, you know, um, listen. I, yeah, I was going to say. Racism you, is everywhere, friend. You looked really buff when you. Uh, now we're talking. Yeah, when you stood in front of my car today. <laughs> where, did you wor- where did you work out? Just right here, right where the, the podcast on, studio is. The, the portable. You know, this is, um, you know, there's those, that new trend is the. Uh, Brian's, the, got, the Brian's got a text. That's Ian Bag. Oh. Yeah, he may or may not be available. He's doing a lot of press right now, which we'll discuss in just a second why okay. he's doing press today. Um, uh, oh, so this is our pop-up. You know, there's these pop-up restaurants that are all over the place. This is our pop-up studio. We've mm-hmm. popped up in several different places. So, well, uh, two, two, here, yeah, yeah here and, in the Herald, uh, and the, well, no, no, and 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 at the at Dodger Stadium, we popped up. For oh, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we pop up. But anyway, this is this is also where shit goes down with my muscles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed. I'm at indeed. war. Shit I'm at goes war down with my with... muscles. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. Um, boo, no. Well, you might want to pick up that bag. Uh, I, we, uh, our, we'll, uh, we'll actually, let's just bring in our guest. Uh, yeah, before the attack. Go ahead. The so we can point out why I just said boo, no, which makes no sense. Before the cat eats his bag and then his face. This cat, why, does he even, why is he even part of the show? Why? I don't hate him or anything. He's almost killed me twice. And he's a part of the show. Anyway, bring in our guest. Anyway, our guest this week is uh, actor... Um, uh, like I would say comedic actor, sketch, improv type guy. Um, you've seen him in every third commercial that's been out in the last 10 years uh, and probably a ton of independent movies and projects. Mike Nelson. Hey, everybody. And Mike C. Nelson if you go to IMDb. Oh, see, this right? guy's oh. on it. He's wow. done research. Oh, because there are, there are like Mike yeah, Nelson I mean, from Mystery Science Theater. Yep, that he's the guy that's got. It's always who gets in first, Mike, right? Mike Nelson or Michael Nelson is now, the but, guy from Mystery Science But that's Science a SAG. Theater. So when you go to the Mike C. Nelson, that's a SAG thing, right? That's yep. when you file. Yep. That's when you learn what your real name's going right, to be. Right. But, but Mike Cage. <laughs> no, <if> you, <laughs> don't, don't change it to that. Please, God. Yeah. So people, so Joe, people who don't understand why you did, obviously C is, I'm assuming, is your real middle right. uh, initial, but... 
The point is, when you get to a certain point and you're ready to pay your dues or whatever, right. SAG being the union here, you file your name initially, right? You probably just yep. filed your regular name, and then they tell you no. Yeah, they just they're like, you have to do something different, a different name, or you have to do the initial thing, or yeah. Now, so there's because there's like a Mike J. Nelson, right? There's a Mike Nelson, or Michael Nelson is the guy from Mystery Science Theater 3000, I think. Michael J. It. Nelson is a writer, uh, hidden camera guy. I've worked with him before, yeah. too, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, do you guys all get together from time to time? <laughs> yeah. Is that part of the deal? Yeah, yeah for the most vanilla name. <laughs> <laughs> Corporation. You guys have vanilla ice yeah. cream and, and <laughs> yeah. chat. Yeah. But let's say let's say your career just takes off and you do like fifteen huge blockbuster movies. <laughs> do you then get to be like, now I just want to be Mike Nelson? No. Do you, you don't get to call. I it. think unless he passes away. Ah. I think that might happen. Where if you pass away, I think you might be able to. And then there's a there's a certain time limit, and then a new name. Then you can assume the name. That's I, weird. I don't know. I feel like there's probably been Mike Nelsons in the past from like the 1920s or something. Hi, I'm Mike Nelson. This is my vaudeville act. Mike and Ike. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so you're saying if you you want don't are you asking our listeners to kill Mike Nelson? (laughs) No, no. That guy's (laughs) again to to have to change my name for someone like him. It's like that's awesome. Yeah. Great. He's hilarious. Great show. Oh my god, so funny. And and I would also get when I waited tables back in Chicago, old old timers would be like, Sea Hunt, right? To me, when I was like 22 years old. Because you're like, supposed to know all the names. I'm like, Sea Hunt, what are you talking about, old man? They're like, Lloyd Bridges, his main character in Sea Hunt's name was Mike Nelson. And I'd be like, <laughs> huh, all right. That was 30 years before I was born, but all right. So Lloyd Bridges' character in Sea Hunt was Mike Nelson. Wow, and the guy congrats. from Miss Science Theater 3000. Which is coming Mike back, Nelson. correct? There was the whole Kickstarter campaign for that whole thing. Uh, is yeah, that, or did it already happen? I don't even... No, Jonah, no, Jonah Ray? Jonah Ray is going to be the new yeah. host. Um, it's, I know they've had a couple of like events. I don't think they've done any... I, I, they might have shot episodes, but they also might still be writing episodes. Okay. I, I honestly don't know. Back to the reason why we brought you in uh, earlier is because my cat was, I think, going to um, <laughs> sexually molest your, uh, your knapsack. Yeah. Buy my uh, bag dinner Your shoulder first. bag. Your shoulder bag. So, um, Mike, Mike, as long as you are into this, we should talk about this. John, uh, John walked in and just brought up the fact this is happening uh, over the last 24 hours. Something happened in Canada about freedom of speech and comedy and Sarcasm. I, going, going based on your shirt there that says "Hooray for sarcasm" on it. Apparently, can be a very dangerous thing in Canada. Yeah, now. yeah. Well, he, this guy made fun of a handicapped, per, a very famous handicapped person in Canada. It, now, was the guy in the showroom at the time that he did it, or, or you don't know? For I sure? think he. I think he made the jokes, and then this guy heard them, and then okay. I think maybe he went to a show and he still did the jokes. Okay. I don't have the whole story. I did read about it when it first happened because in my head I was like, "Yeah, this will get thrown out of court. Yeah. This is ridiculous." Yeah. Now I don't, I don't, I haven't heard the jokes. I've, I've read that they are a little bit over the edge, but I also don't think that's warranting. This guy now has been ordered by the Human Rights Tribunal of all of Canada, which he didn't even know was a thing, and he's Canadian. Um, He's been ordered to pay $35,000 in damages. Damages. To it, all, all total. Like a chunk of it going to the kid, a chunk of it going to his mom, who's also been emotionally damaged, I guess. Um, no physical harm was ever done to anybody. Uh, just like, a joke. Like ju- just jokes. And these jokes didn't lead other people to then go punch this dude or <laughs> harass him. Literally, it was just these jokes. 
And for the most part, I'm pretty sure that other people are like, eh, that's in poor taste. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but there's a huge difference between like poor taste and then um, and there's, there is a fine line of like poor taste and then just being like, I don't know, like wanting to murder, like encouraging. Well, that's the thing. If he's bad behavior, if like not, if you're not, he's not inciting anybody. No, he wasn't trying to get someone to go harm this person. He was literally making jokes that him and his friends thought were funny. I mean, Which, that's what comedians do. By the way, we should be very clear that um, did Donald Trump or not make fun of a handicapped yeah. writer? Yeah. Yes, uh, while running for president, president and yes. is and is, is is a couple votes away from becoming yes. president yeah, in the United absolutely. States. Absolutely, absolutely. So. There is that kind of thing where, like, could the tribunal just have taken care of that <laughs> yeah, for yeah. us so we could just move on with our lives? But again, it's like most people just look at it and go, "You're like the average person just goes, if you don't like it, you go, I'm done with you. And right. that's it. That's right. usually how yeah. it especially goes down. In, especially in a world where the internet is, you just move on to the next thing. But the, uh, Ian Bag posted and another Canadian comic posted that there is no freedom of speech in the Canadian Constitution. They have freedom of expression. So they can, you know, interpretive dance, mm-hmm. but they can't necessarily <laughs> say whatever they want. And it's, I guess, up to this human tribunal, which until literally they got 20 a dog minutes ago, tribunal. I had never heard of. Yeah, I wonder how that's made up and who gets appointed to that. Hi, Bob. I'm yeah. in the human it's, tribunal. I'm a good guy. Human I can tribunal. judge what other people it's do. Say, it could get very self-righteous very quickly. Yeah. Right? That's you know? I can't imagine the whole thing is self-righteous. Who the fuck are you to tell anybody what's... Well, I'm yeah. okay with there, there being something out there. Case in point, my, I don't know if you saw this, but Leslie Jones, who's in Ghostbusters, yes, totally. she just took a smackdown on Twitter. And I, I know Twitter's a very evil place. Yeah. It can be a very yeah. dark and the evil place. So can YouTube. As yeah. a whole. Basically, be. I think we've joked about this on the show before. If you go to any website, CNN, ESPN, anything that you, Huffington Post, doesn't matter where you go, if you start reading the comments, it eventually turns into racism and yeah, hatred and yeah, anger. Totally. And just It's trolls. It's all, I mean, you can go to Amazon reviews and the trolls show Faceless, up there. Faceless, they put a picture <laughs> yes. of like a, yeah, yeah. You know, an emoji or something and a, make up a goofy name yeah. on a weird and then, email address and, then, and that's all you need. For the most part, people pass that by and they're like, moron, moron. But yeah. there does need to be, but this, this, I think, was a case in point of like, okay, if you don't like ghost, we talked about this on our last show. If you don't like Ghostbusters, you don't like it. Yeah. But then you don't dig deeper into basically going, oh, there's a black woman in this. Let's compare her to the gorilla that got killed at the Cincinnati Zoo. Right. Or let's start referencing her as King Kong. The difference is, though, Twitter is a private organization and they can kick off anybody that they want. Right. They try not to because obviously, I think, uh, we, I think we can all can agree. Hate also drives a lot of traffic. Totally. When I think which when means it's more money. Spiked, like when Twitter has spiked in the last couple of years, it's been hate. Ferguson, it's been Baltimore, it's yeah. been stuff like that. But the that's Dallas more justified, shooting. right? But the, but that's still those spikes come from the racist. They come from totally. that's true. The angry, they, they and then know, they also come from the people responding to that. That's yeah. just. I think Twitter is more of a, an immediate. Uh, aspect of the media of today where like you know cnn loves that shit yeah, for they ratings do. they love it even though it's horrible stuff and they know that it's controversial but when you see their graphics and it's like race riot 2016 yes. before they get wolf blitzer on there yes. talking like they've already know. made a, a, a let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. they know that brings you know fox news and with roger ailes we could get to that later <laughs> but he's made his whole legacy is on changing the way we think about politics and culture and media with one cable news network yeah. that makes an insane amount of money. Well, that's, that. And that's what happened. I think that ultimately, and again, I'm not justifying CNN, but that's what turned CNN from a news reporting organization and all, quite frankly. Yeah. 
that that was the turn. They saw the, the if you remember Profits. the amount of money and and viewership that Fox News got when they came out of the box because they slanted everything and it was all sensationalized. Yeah. And it was always based in controversy, and everyone was like, at first they tried to like, no, just put the blinders on, yeah. don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were like, fuck this, there's too much money involved here, yeah. we got to do this. Yeah, once, once I think news became a money-making operation, which I don't know when it was, maybe like in the 80s it started, and <clears throat> CNN was the first cable news network, and I think they, they started the ball rolling, mm-hmm. CNN, with their... Uh, Iraq coverage in 91. Yeah. They had like Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm and they started that whole... Good graphics. Yeah, Bernard Shaw and like they became uh-huh. superstars. Like, oh, Bernard Shaw's a superstar now and Wolf Blitzer's a superstar now. And then Fox News just took it to the next level of... I've heard just recently that they their, their profits compared to any other cable network is insane. Like they make the most yeah. money by far by leaps and bounds. Their advertising dollars are insane. Do you think with them, and then we'll get back to this Lizzie Jones thing, but do you think that Fox news benefits from the same thing they used to call the Howard Stern effect that if you hated them, you yes. watched it, yes. totally. listen to it Absolutely. and you love it. You People listen to it. So basically everybody's coming yep. to yeah. the table. Yeah. Cause look at, look at, you have other shows that have made their whole, like the Colbert report. Yeah. Colbert report, the daily is, show. What they have, people that watch Fox News 24-7 to pull out all the insanity. Which is so much. So much insanity. And poke, poke fun at it and make light of it, but like there's shows that they're a huge basis of their show has been to watch this insane news network. And, and yeah, I used and to love back it. in the day yeah. when um, uh, what was the guy's name? He's a talk show host. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. When he first came out, he was really popular. And then when he, w- he would say these ridiculous things, uh, I, have a, I have a brother that's an extremely far, far, far right, right. you know, evangelical. And he loved Rush Limbaugh, and like it would, but it would incite him. It would make him angry. Be like, right. Yeah, and then it would get to a point where it would be so off center. And then Rush Limbaugh, just kind of like in a throwaway, be like, you know, I'm just an entertainer. Like that's how you get out of it, right? Totally. But these people were like, no, no, fact. Like they stay there. He yeah. quickly to get out of whatever shit he got himself into goes. It's just entertainment, buddy. I can say whatever I want because it makes money. Yep. And they, they don't hear that part. I, I, they just stick with what he yeah. says. I've told people all the time, if like Rush Limbaugh, Bill O'Reilly, John Stewart, if they could get paid millions of dollars to read like sonnets from Shakespeare, they'd do it. They'd <laughs> right. do it. Yeah. It's easy money. Rush Limbaugh, he knows he can incite people by just saying something. Blah, 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 yep. blah, blah, blah. Obama's a Muslim. And like, <laughs> he knows that there's tens of millions of people out there that get... Really mad, and uh, my brother brought this to my attention. There was a, I don't know if it was an article or a, doc, a short documentary or something, but it was about someone, and their father had watched like Fox News and listened to Rush Limbaugh, and his dad was just this miserable cuss that sat in a lazy boy and didn't really move from it, and was just mad at the world and hated everything. And then he had a, a medical condition where he went to the hospital. I don't know if it was a heart issue or something like that. Had to have surgery. No Rush Limbaugh, no Fox News. And he realized, like, even in the hospital, just, like, being away from that, his dad, like, blossomed and became this, like, human being again and was a totally normal person and laughed and joked and was friendly and all this stuff. And he was like, oh, my God, his son or daughter, whoever, was like, it was a crazy transformation. It was just taking those few hours out of the day where he was just getting yeah. <laughs> so revved up of ooh stuff that if you, if you didn't watch, you wouldn't care you about. Would, the, you wouldn't even know. The judge and... Kansas or the governor of Wisconsin, do it. You wouldn't even you ignorance wouldn't. is bliss, right? Isn't that the truth? Ignorance is bliss, which, go, which well, but, goes but, back to but ignorance, but also like fake 
they're making you angry at shit that doesn't. You don't need. Yeah. They don't care. It, when the camera's yeah, off, yeah. they go have a cup of coffee oh, or a drink and laugh. Money, dude. They don't give a shit. Which it's 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 it, advertising has done it. Politics has done it for a long time. You watch stuff about Lee Atwater, like back in the day, and how he would just. Well, it's a lie, but we're going to throw it out there, and people are going to take it. Willie Horton goes yeah. out on furlough and murders people. Michael yeah. Dukakis helped him murder someone. <laughs> yeah. And people like people bought it, and Dukakis Propaganda. Lost. Yeah, and it, it, it works. Like, you just throw something out there. Because once it's out there, you can't, it, that doesn't matter how many times you retract it. Nope. It's, it's been, it's, it's and, been and said. And stuff it's doesn't already... get retracted at all. No. Like, even in newspapers well, now where like it's always on. It's like the Black Sheep. He's like, yeah, they'll print a retraction on page six, yeah. like, behind the, the right. obituary. Yeah. like, it's not going to matter. In, like, a... Point five font. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oops. Sorry. Sorry, we're all collateral. Not, we're all collateral bad. damage, right? It's just collateral yeah. damage. Like they know going in, they just consult with the lawyers. Like if we do this, yeah. What's the collateral what's damage? The biggest, what is, what's the biggest price we'll have to yeah. pay? It's built into major corporations. They build in collateral damage. They know sometimes when they put something out, they're going to deal with it. But that just brings you back to this whole Twitter thing. Which the only reason why I bring up Twitter for people like us is because when you're in entertainment, they always want to push you towards these. Social media platforms. Yeah, yeah. You, it's very important. They, they almost put that ahead of, it seems, ahead of your talent and your ability. Your and Some of the first yeah. questions that get asked in pitch meetings are, how many Twitter followers do you have? But yeah. I've, I've held off. I was big into social media. I was there when Friendster, even though it freaked me out, I was <laughs> okay. there for Friendster. Name dropper. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I, I, I realized early on that there may have been, then obviously MySpace <laughs> took over, and that's when you saw what MySpace could do for you yeah. and what it's done for a few people. And then, you know, I, I jumped on the Facebook thing, which was fine, because, you know, I think Jim Gaffigan or somebody went on that and said, no, this is all good. And I, I use it more, I think it, I'm more social with people I know on Facebook than yeah. I was on MySpace. MySpace was all like, here's strangers, this is what's going on, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's, I think, MySpace is when the industry really kind of took a hold of it, and then it, out comes Twitter from that whole thing. Yeah. That's where I had to draw the line. The Twitter thing, I had to draw the line because it goes back to kind of what you're talking about with that guy's dad. It's just like, if you scroll it, oh, man. it can change the way, your perception of stuff. And I bring that up <laughs> is because it sucks because I feel like every once in a while someone pushes you towards that being an entertainer. You have to be on there. Yeah. But then you see somebody like Leslie Jones who makes a movie and has every right to do what she does. And if you don't like her performance, just go, I, don't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the performance. <laughs> yeah. But it turned into this like racist just oh, attack. It, yeah. But also turns out was calculated, by the way. By that guy. By that guy, whoever that knucklehead was. And he got was. kicked off he by got Twitter. Kicked off. But again, how, how are they going to know if he comes back as some other, you know... And he will. And he will. He's, he's, he's made a lot of money, I guess, off of it and became this huge social media star or something. I feel... But how... But again, how does that make you feel when, you, is, when you're making money off of hate, like straight up hate? I, I, that's, that's what's always bothered me is when at the end of the day, doesn't it bother you if you know you're peddling bullshit? If you're Bill O'Reilly and you know if you say, like, whatever is going to get a bunch of views, but you know in your heart of hearts, like, that's, that's not pause, that's not news, that's not journalism, that's not reporting, that's just me saying what I'm supposed to say to cash a paycheck. Like, at the end of the day, is there a little inkling of humanity in you where you're like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I'm not going to do that from now on. But, uh, you'd like to think so, but, but I mean, they keep doing it. I, I, but here, I, think, I think here's the reaction, too, is I think a lot of people say someone will step in and do it. Then. Yeah, if I don't, that's someone always, else will. I think that's always kind of a phony <laughs> why shouldn't I excuse. Get, why shouldn't like, I keep the money? Hey, if I don't do it, someone else is going to come in and do but, it, so I'll do it. But let's just think of the <laughs> logic of the, the, the average knucklehead out there, the complete uneducated moron that went, <laughs> I, just saw, I just saw Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I have no choice but to compare 
compare that actress to a gorilla. Oh, I like, know. How do you, how do you, by the way, like, those, how do you get, it's like, dumbfounding. It's those, just, those they, gorilla comparisons started from a group of people who were mad when she tweeted that they, she was glad they shot that gorilla in that cage. It doesn't matter. I'm though, just telling you that. You know that, why they're doing it, though. No, you know why listen, they're doing the, it. All their tweets explain that, that, like, even one of the girls is like, I'm not a racist. I just think I'm mad because she. Threat. She wanted to kill. I like it's these, but it's like these crazy like teenage white girls are like we love gorillas. They're like fucking out of their minds. I, I, I have a kid. I, I will tell you right now. It. Shoot the fucking gorilla if well, my kid is being held by a gorilla. Right. Also, there, you, yeah. you you can't. It's yeah. like there is no argument there. You shoot the fucking gorilla. But, but you're right. What you said. My earlier. cat will rip your fucking eyeballs out, and I wouldn't be mad if someone shot my fucking cat. Yeah, you wouldn't be mad if someone shot your cat. Without ripping no, it. No, no, no. But you know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying, though. It's like, yeah. I have a connection to that cat. I spent over 10,000 fucking dollars keeping that thing alive. But if it's ripping your face apart, I have to make a decision. Human life over animal life. Yeah. The cat's getting fucking shot. Oh, sorry, yeah. I didn't interrupt so you. So if you Go could ahead. just see Brian's LinkedIn account, it's about uh, <laughs> renting cats from his apartment. My, my point is, like, they're just hiding behind their racism, is oh, what I'm it's, saying. And, and I can say whatever the fuck they want. Again, I think. Racism's, racism's been around forever. We all know that. People like Trump and what he's, his rise to power, it's like, he's, he's not politically correct. People are excited that they can be racist again. You yeah. haven't for when a while. When people you, say, let's make America, America again, I feel like yeah. they're just like, yeah, we should have slavery again. Yeah, and we women should, should not be voting. Yeah, yeah. And like, Segregation. Let's make, let's make we, America yeah. the America from the fucking early the, the 50s. The good old days of the 50s that were good for... <clears throat> White women shot. stayed in the kitchen. I mean, that's the whole yeah, thing. Just that's, the white male. That's, that's literally it. it was only good for white yeah. men. This yeah. is my whole thing. And I, I it's it, when when the rich white people take power, they control the stupid. And then that is like the ultimate fuck everybody because stupid people are just going to believe like you said you can just state things that aren't facts and they go yeah and you're like you can oh, manipulate really. them yeah because they, they they can't read they can't think for themselves like whatever it is but like that's like rich people controlling stupid people and it's all white people who are like dude we don't want to it's all based in fear because they're afraid that they're going to lose this free ride they've fucking had being we've old been white number guys. one for like, hundreds here, of years. Yeah. Here's the ultimate thing and, and, I'll, and I'll wrap it up on this Leslie Jones thing because I saw this happen to another friend of mine in a completely re- unrelated industry where um, Jezebel, that website Jezebel, which I believe is affiliated with Gawker, um, they they put out this this basically biased slander campaign against a, a friend of mine and I, I see the effects of when your, your intent is to find the trolls and basically have them come out like maggots and start chewing at the body until it's dead. I, that's what I don't understand. Like, where's the win in this? Because Leslie Jones basically is... It, it's a, it, Fine, you want to tell her that she's not a good actress or she's not funny? She can put up with that. We're entertainers. We understand yeah. that we're going to hear yeah. that. But when, you're, when your goal is to take them down and then bury them six feet under... That base level. What's the win? Yeah. Where's the win in that? And that's what ends up happening because it becomes this rabid feeding frenzy of hatred that's trying to almost borderline try to say, I want you to commit suicide. Yeah. I want you to be so depressed that you fucking die. Yeah. What is going on in your brain that that's where you, that's where you land on this? All over a fucking movie. Yeah, and well, people, people's opinions, <laughs> like, they think that they're valid. Everyone thinks they have a voice now with social media. They do. They think, like... Well, they do, but I, their I, voice I, is fucking stupid. Oh, but totally. The, but, and, and most people know that, but there's, a, there's, there's tens of millions of Americans that are racist as fuck, sexist as shit, homophobic but also that and 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 i'm not at the same time all those people are fucking scared and and ignorant so it's like yeah you kind of got to feel bad for them at the end of the day you're like you just don't know any better you're just not smart you're just never gonna get there 
that's a shame, but eventually people like you have got to die and be gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then people who have evolved will still be. You know what or, I mean? Or, or my, you, I, I was wondering where you were going with that. You were so compassionate for a second that but, all of a but, sudden but you're I like, mean like, that. You I don't mean that. I don't, die, no, no, no. I don't out. mean like they need die to be wiped out. I, know, out. I, I mean I like eventually that, I, like that, I firmly believe that, that that ball of hate that people are fucking volleying back and forth can't sustain itself do you know what i mean like right. eventually With each generation right eventually Hopefully. it gets it's got to get smaller and smaller right now it's at the surface and it's big and everybody can see it because but don't of you feel like it's on. because they're back they feel like their backs are against the wall the yes. world has changed so much yeah. and they're staying behind but yeah. eventually that they either have to fucking either figure it out and get with the program or they're gonna they're gonna their i their ideologies, all that shit is going to die out. It, how many people can live on the Ark? I was just curious. I haven't seen how big it is If that is thing Kentucky, doesn't become but... a hotel to house the homeless, I'm going to go insane. <laughs> <laughs> and dinosaurs. Come on, guys. Anyway, my, my Brian point... wanted to build... This is the funniest thing Brian said yesterday. He wanted us to build that Ark they built in Kentucky. Yeah. He wants to build a Death Star uh, monument next to it and see <laughs> how many more people visit the Death Star oh, than visit the... Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, people lined up around the block like, oh, here's man. my religion. Yeah. Darth Vader's building another Not even Death a religion. Star. You just, I'm like, if Star they, if they get the technology to build the Ark, we have the technology to build the Death Star. And how fun would that be to go to the Death Star? Totally. But I'll, I'll one-up you even more. <laughs> ah. I think you could build like a steak and shake and it'll still like totally <laughs> outdo the Steak the, and shake. Is that a white like, castle behind yeah. that steak and shake? What is happening? Steak yeah. and shake doesn't judge that stuff. Yeah. Two portillos, a Taco Bell, <laughs> three white castles. Dunkin' Donuts, DQ. <laughs> All right, let's just discuss the elephant in the room. Uh, I made a movie, Frozen Peas, last year. Join you Brian's are, LinkedIn account. Yeah. <laughs> no, John gets very upset I when other know. people have been in the movie. I go, I go, hey, I want to have my buddy Mike Nelson on the podcast. He goes, Mike Nelson, question mark? And I go, yeah, really funny actor, commercial guy. He's been all over. He's been a bunch of indie movies. He sends me back your picture. He goes, this guy? I go, yeah. And I just figured he IMDB'd you. And he, he goes, oh, he's in Frozen Peas. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, fucking good for him and everybody else in the fucking movie. There, you're not the first wow. guest to, um, to have laid into me. Me and Eddie um, were out last night. We went, to, we went to do someone else's podcast. and uh, I didn't get invited, but that's fine. I didn't bring it yeah, up. Yeah, well, we didn't film it and then make it into a movie, so we didn't that. think you'd want to be involved. So uh, Eddie, Eddie Pence is upset that he wasn't in the movie. John's upset that he was in the movie. Hayes Hargrove uh, you is know upset what? that he's I'm, out in the movie. More, yeah. I'm more upset that I wasn't even offered a chance to audition. I'm Hayes, Hayes did get a chance to audition. I didn't even get a chance. And if you don't, if, if I audition and you don't like me, I can't do anything about that. That's fine. So I will once again make my professional statement. Um, I don't I, work with I my friends. A couple, no, no, no. A couple things. One, I've, I've, as I told you off air, uh, I've seen the full movie. Your scene is amazing. It's great. I mean, let, he had to wear purple spandex. So let's let's just do whatever. Sort of I don't. I, to, honestly, I've never yeah, seen hard, Mike do anything where I even questioned. How, you know what I mean? There was never like, ooh, that was... I've never... Like, every single thing I've ever seen him do, I've been like, ooh, nailed it, nailed it. Really nailed funny it. scene ah. in the movie. Very, very funny scene in the movie. I will, I will say, I, I was only involved in the casting process so much, I didn't ultimately cast you. Alonzo cast you in the movie. So in my defense... I deferred, as I've told you on the air at least three or four times, and everybody yells at me why they didn't get in the movie. <laughs> yes, I was in the casting sessions, some of them, but I deferred, as, as I should, as a good producer, I deferred to the director who had the ultimate vision. I did the writing, as a I did the producing. Producer? Dude, as a good producer, you put your fist in, you fucking you slam on that desk, and you say, hey, <laughs> my buddy John Huck is going to see John's this movie. bag yeah. of peas, yeah, or whatever, whoever the star is. <laughs> I can't wait to see your movie, Bag of favor, Favors, and see how that Dude, comes bag out. bag of <laughs> favors. That sounds like a great movie. The point is, you did great. <laughs> I did not cast him in it. 
Alonzo did, and I'm not even blaming Alonzo. Alonzo did the right thing. No, you and I had a brief discussion. Blaming. There was very John. Here's the thing. John said he wanted to be a parent, and no offense, it wasn't going to happen. I know the guy, and I was like, I can't. I didn't. I mean, but I would have been happy you with said you the role of a, a janitor. No, you did yeah. not say that. Initially, you're like, I could play a parent. You actually said those yes. words out of your mouth. And I've played a parent in like seven different commercials. And That's I've true. Seen, and I've seen them, That's and they're true. hilarious. But this was different. This was a heartfelt, really needed to, No, I'm just kidding. But my point is. Frozen Peas 2. <laughs> you're the lead. I was wearing a bag of peas. I'm outside a grocery store. I get hit by a bus the first three minutes of the yeah. movie. <laughs> you didn't expect it. He died early. Anyway, we movie, kept the new name two. and then killed him off right away. Yeah. Take that, Fro- Hitchcock. Frozen Peas, uh, uh, all good feedback. Is that, again, the other thing I told you was that we, all the test screens we did, um, people really liked it. The key was that you're not going to win everybody over, but they damn well better like the main character, and they did, which good. allows scenes like yours to actually be watched and enjoyed. If you don't like the main character, we're you're all tuning fucked. out. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it, was, it was a good so, time. The director is awesome. The other, I got to work with my buddy Sunil, who's mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But it not was John Huck. Not John Huck. Just my other friend. But John that, Huck, that is... Eddie Pence, and Hayes Hargrove were not in the Will film. Will not be winning Oscars for <laughs> Frozen Peas in case that comes up during is that, Oscar Did anybody season. else complain that they weren't in it? No, that was it. Um, <laughs> but the first time I ever worked with Mike, well, the first time I met Mike was on, uh, I did, my first commercial I ever did was a commercial for Lennox Heating and Air mm-hmm. where I played Humidity. I was just like, <laughs> Like, I went in to read for it. It was, like, the, my third or fourth audition ever for commercials. And I, I read for it, and they were like, okay, yeah, come on back. And I, they, they wanted me to wear a onesie, which I didn't have, so I just wore a, a hooded sweatshirt. And this audition was under, like, a super hot light. And I had this hoodie on, and I'm supposed to be sitting next to this kid on a couch. And, like, I was supposed to be playing, I think I was in there for hot or... Um, <laughs> Uh, something else. Pollen. Pollen, maybe. And then I was just pouring sweat. And the guy was like, hey, do me a favor. Um, take these sides. And they were like, it said humidity. I'm like, oh, you want me to play humidity? He goes, yeah. And then I, so I read the part and, the, and I leave. And I'm in my car on the way home. And my agent calls and goes, uh, they want you to play humidity in this commercial. And I was like, huh, I got a commercial. And I called my mom. And I was like, mom, I got my first commercial. She's like, great, what is it? I'm playing humidity. And just laughter. <laughs> she's just dying on the other end. She's Do like, you blame oh her? No. She's like, you're, so you're going to be typecast for the rest of your life. I was like, oh, whatever. Typecast. <laughs> so it's, I, not, it's not like a superhero. Humidity doesn't come close to superhero Well, she curse. means like I, the first thing I ever got casting was playing a lunatic that escaped from a, a loony bin. And now now she's closer. That's a lot closer. So uh, we do a run of these commercials. We do like a bunch of spots. And uh, I, it's my, like, my, kind of my first time on a commercial set. And I'm liking everyone except one guy. One guy is rubbing me the wrong way. He's saying shit like, uh, you know, I'm standing there talking to somebody and I'll be eating like, you know, a cup of M&Ms. And he's like, you know, I could help you with your, your eating and I could get you on an exercise program. And I'm like, I go, what? <laughs> like, was he playing a character? No, he's being a douche. I was like, I go, dude. <laughs> I go, I don't want your fucking help. I, like, it, it came to me going, dude, stop. I'm not asking you for fucking dietary. I, I don't need anything from you. Like, I had to tell him that. And then, so we did these commercials, and he was hot. He played hot, and I was like, fuck that guy. Hot air. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so then uh, I, was get, he hot? I get, I leave, we, we finished those ads, and I ended up getting another, uh, no, I don't get anything for a little while, and then they call me, and they're like, hey, they want to know if you'll go to Vegas for a heating and air convention, or wear the onesie and shake hands with people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I really don't want to do that, man. I go, is there any possible thing that I could book sooner than that that I wouldn't have? And I got an old Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee's Best Light commercial like right before they wanted me to do that thing, so I didn't have to do it. But then 
months go by, they decide to bring that, they want to shoot more of these Lennox things. And I'm like, yeah, I need money, whatever. So there was print and there was all this other stuff. So I'm on my way to set thinking like, fuck, I got to deal with that fucking hot dude again. Like, and everybody is the same except hot. Hot is different and it's Mike. Yeah. And he's got like a mustache and he's just hanging out and we're like, as soon as he spoke, I was like, are you from Chicago? <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, I'm from Indiana, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it was like sports. And then he got me into hockey. And then the Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups. Best so you're responsible for him being in hockey? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much, man. I'd been to one hockey game, but I was like, yeah, I'd never really watched it. And he's like, oh, you got to watch it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then we ate Big Mama's Pizza and... Did you guys have any more M&M's? And soon that's when you realized... Yeah, well, I realized I didn't have just, to... I could eat whatever yeah, I wanted because yeah. Mike wasn't going to tell me wasn't going to judge do. John <laughs> to his face. Like, afterwards, I'd be like, you fat, yeah, you sweaty piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I did. I sweat through that. Like, they were like, they put me in the thing. Like, don't sweat through this. I go, well, then, what, what do you want from me? And I pit out, and we get to set, and the director's like, oh, I love this. Who did this? Wardrobe? I go, this is real sweat. He goes, oh, all right. <laughs> Roll cameras, like he was just repulsed. Can, there, is there is there method acting that where you can pull your sweat back? Is that possible to no, not sweat? Not for me, dude. No, no I, I feel bad. Hey, what for, the fuck are they talking about? I feel bad and for way, anybody who has to touch my wardrobe after I wear yeah. it. I'm always yeah. like, if you want me to just set this on a burning pile of <laughs> sticks, I'll do that. That's listen. They they got a wardrobe has got a tough. If you think about it, what oh, they man. have to. God. They're, that is a thankless. And just when you watch, especially That's in commercials, they do at least they, they they can win Academy Awards. Well, right, but I'm talking like on my level of like when I go to commercials and I see like somebody who's like put together a look that makes sense, and then the the you know the client comes in and they're like, no, we want him in my plaid and bow ties, and they're like, you can just see the wardrobe person's spirit die. Like I'm trying to dress someone to look good, and you're making this suck. Like yeah. it's like, <laughs> or, or when you're doing a a regional, you know spot for southeastern america for yeah. a grocery store yeah and you go to the fitting and they have you try on like six six thousand dude outfits. you're there for i was there for four hours and for there's clients once. that are just going over it and you can tell the wardrobe people are like oh you fucking God. idiots just we, we bought a target and brought it here we brought yeah. the entire wardrobe department from target and here's all these morona shirts yeah. and <laughs> converse all-stars that are, you know... By the way, this is the only city where you can go to Target and you know who's in an art department and who's in a wardrobe yeah. as they're shopping because the yeah. thing is just stacked, stacked with way too much random shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's um, hilarious. Before though. we get into Marone your life, um, I wanna, I'm going to give uh, uh, Ian a, bit, a quick buzz, if you oh. guys don't mind. We'll give him yeah. a quick buzz. You know Ian Bag? I feel He's like about to. him. You're about to know we're gonna, him. Bag. We're going to know him. Yeah, so we'll, I just want to give him a quick buzz and, uh, and uh, chat about this... Uh, which could eventually affect us all in, well, if, in, in Canada. If it bleeds down here. Hello. Hello? Ian Bag. Hello. What's up, buddy? I uh, just finished doing a little bit of prepping. Now headed back to uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. What do you do? Oh, you're in New Jersey. What, uh, um, by the way, Caliendo uh, uh, was on the show last week and uh, was doing impressions of you just so you know, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago what when we called that? him, Frank Caliendo, we called Frank Caliendo and he answered the phone as you and did uh, about uh, three minutes of you first before he got into actually talking normal. So you should be... Uh, you know what? I'd love to do an impression of him, but I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've made it over the top now, right? Isn't that, that's kind of one of the flatters. You can either get an action figure, someone either just fully <laughs> hates you, which you covered that, I think, right? And then somebody does an impression of you. That means you've made it, right? Yes. I guess so. <laughs> what what are you doing press for, by the way? The club. What's that? Are you doing press for the club, or are you doing a little bit of press because of what happened in Canada? 
I was no, I was doing press for the club. All right. So what's going on in Canada, dude? What happened? Why? Why? Why I is this? I, well, well, I know it's important because once you can be sued for one uh, bit of material, any material is open for ter- interpretation. So yeah. basically, that means everything is fair game for somebody not to like and sue you. Now, let me ask you a question. Everybody knows that people only sue on when they're on the on their up and up because nobody's ever pulled a scam before ever. <laughs> so, well, here's the confusion that John and I have as ignorant Americans. What is a human's right, human rights tribunal, and where does it fall within the the, the world of Canadian law? It's it's. Uh, I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but I only from what I know, it's kind of like a uh, type of Supreme Court, like a type of court. Okay. So. Okay. Because I don't, I they, they have different wording for things up there. Like I don't think they have uh, the right to free speech. I have, think they have the right to free expression or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. What? How? How do they differentiate that? I mean, it's like you can. I, I have no clue. So I don't know. Like I guess you're allowed to move your eyebrows up when you're somebody. <laughs> like, ooh, I didn't care for that. I didn't care for that reference, yeah. Mister Bag. <laughs> Say so, something yeah, terrible. Yeah. So it doesn't and make wink. sense. I, I remember a couple of years ago. Uh, it already happened where uh, a guy made fun of lesbians and they sued him and they won $15,000. So okay, so this is not whoa, new. Whoa, whoa. What? So this is, not a pre- this is not setting a precedent. This has already happened before. Uh, I think this is setting a precedent because these people weren't even at the show. Okay, so he never heard these jokes physically. He just heard that someone told them to him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, are you familiar with this comedian? Not at all. Okay, all right. And the guy, and the guy that got offended by the lesbian suit. Uh, uh, I can't, I can't say whether he's a good comedian or a bad comedian. I've seen the joke. I just like, I don't but, know if that's one I put on TV, but okay. But let me ask you this though: knowing you and knowing your style of comedy, where does that? Put, do you have concerns performing in the country that you started in? Because if you're just messing Absolutely. around and you're like, I mean, "Hey, yeah. I'm having a great time," your whole thing is making fun yeah. of people, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, how does this? What does this mean to you and performing in your country? And how does that change you? What you do? Uh, I have a Vancouver date coming up in November, and I sent my uh, management uh, uh, article. And I said, I don't know if I want to go there anymore. I, and honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm sure it's, uh, something will have to be in writing on the ticket or it, it, on the door that says... You can't sue uh, for... Yeah, this is... Yeah, it's going to be something. So it's going to have to be something like that. But uh, there's comics going to... I think I think the Just for Laughs festival this weekend. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be going this weekend. I wouldn't feel protected. So you think this could have a major impact on that festival as well, long term? Because people, I, I think it's just Canadian comedy. Yeah, like I guarantee you, this is not the last time somebody will be sued for something. Now and, that somebody's won, and and is, is this unappealable? This has gone to the highest court. Is that what you were saying? Uh, I don't know if there's a higher court that it can go to, but I. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that, but uh, right now it's the highest point. Hmm. So right now, comedians are on the losing end of the, you know, satire is on the losing end of it. I was just going to say so this. Where does it, where, do, where does it stop? Like cartoons. You know, everything, everything. Well, as I was going to say, so it can affect not only live stand-up, it can affect the film industry in Canada, it can affect the television industry, it can affect all industries, correct? Because it's... it's I would it, think so. 
I would, th- I would think if th- this is, this would be just the tip of the iceberg, right? Well, yeah. I mean, as you know, being a comedian, and I guess this is kind of where I stand on things. If somebody doesn't approve of what you are saying or what you are doing, I don't think everything should be suable. It's just like you ultimately will pay the price either by people walking out on you, not buying tickets to see your yeah. shows, and then and, and that's judge, how you the learn. The jury is right in front of you, man. Yeah, when you do that's stand the whole- up. The crowd is right there. They will let you know whether it's funny or not funny. Have you ever done something so, where you thought was hilarious and based on a reaction that the audience gave you, you went, you know, maybe I did cross the line too much? Every there. night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Has any of those specifically, have you ever never not done something again because you were like, wow, okay, I, oops? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've said things. I'm like, uh, you know what? As I look back on it, kind of, that was actually me. So. so it's it's self-editing. So you know. But, you're uh, like, but my, my I, 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 think, I think you know and I know my... Humor isn't mean spirited. No, no. Uh, but but you know when I've gotten into an argument with somebody, uh, somebody in this crowd that is a heckler or disapproving of what I do, because I've had people not find me funny. They they decide that they have to vocalize, vocalize it. Yeah. I'm not funny. <laughs> yeah. So so I've gotten into arguments with them and I've said things afterwards and I was just like, eh, maybe I, maybe I didn't need to go that far, but in the time I did. But also, you know. maybe you didn't. Never, you definitely don't need to get sued for going that far. No, it really does boil down yeah. to you run the numbers. It's like, okay, let's say th- six people out of 250 that see you one night hate you because of the, what you did. The other right. whatever, 200 and, I'm bad at math, 244 people, <laughs> Christ. You, you, right. you know you're on the right track. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. That's the whole point. Like, I don't understand why the laws need to well, go that far. It comes down to the point, so... So if you're, I guess at some point, if you're just kids at school and you're making fun of one of the kids, you could be sued, right? Yes. And I think that there, I don't know, if, I, I think there, there should be certain punishments for certain types of behavior. There should be learning lessons and punishments and hopefully trying to change culturally how we think about certain things. But I just feel like right. in certain in forms, I just, I, do you think that this moving forward is more about changing the freedom of speech laws versus the actual tribunal coming down and handing these laws down. Is that really what's probably going to happen here? Some people are going to look uh, into that law. I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think somebody said something the other day, and somebody's like, so they, he made fun of a crippled person. So I'm just like, so you're just supposed to pretend that kid wasn't crippled? Like, how does it? That's, it doesn't make sense how it works. Um, people, some people just want you to avoid certain people at all costs. But that's not, not for the, that the, then those people can avoid those comics that don't avoid those subjects. Do you know what I mean? It shouldn't be up to a comic yeah, to avoid it. Just, just, just think about some of the, the most, the most boring, clean comics you've ever seen. They still, they still tease things. So yeah. Somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. I, it, it seems like seems like they're going. Well, that person was you hurt their feelings, so you owe them money. Who knows how those that person grew up and what what their their demeanors like and what will make them feel bad and what doesn't affect them. Well, this just sounds like this is going to be an ongoing thing for a while, and it and it sucks because as we talked to you a couple of weeks ago, I mean you're. 
your star is starting to rise up, and it would be it would be really shitty for somebody like you as you uh, continue to grow and and get um, more popular that you have a hard time performing in the in the country where you started would be would be a kind of a sad uh, statement of this whole it thing. Would, it would be kind of annoying, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's cold up there. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I live by the <laughs> beach. I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you for uh, letting us uh, talk with you for a second. Thanks, uh, hopefully this Vancouver thing won't fall apart. Oh, I hope so. Always a pleasure talking to you, young man. Uh, I-, I agree. Later, Ian. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> I said wait for the fade out there. Um, yeah, apologies to our guests. But no, I wonder, we, I wonder we, with, we with Justin Trudeau, news. you know, he's this progressive, that's good-looking with- young guy that's like bringing in all different sorts of people yeah, in the is politics. Is he going like, to legalize his- weed? So, uh, that's why I'm wondering if this... This might be like this big red flag that everyone's like, whoa, this is weird even for us. Like, what's going on? So I wonder if it will be uh, overturned or well, just some, something like a caveat to that of we can't go down this slope because music, lyrics, dude, yeah, everything, everything. It's like that's free speech. It's that's expression. So it's music and talking and on TV, news, political, like you can't say anything. You're going to you. You know, yeah, you I'm made offended. someone upset. I'm offended. We're offended. So you, if you box anybody, animals, human beings, if you squeeze them into a corner and don't allow them to do anything and express themselves, it will explode. That, that's what <laughs> yeah. we've learned yeah. from from history. Is it explode? You cannot just shove everything in the corner and pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah, or it's you know what I mean. That anytime you do that. It's just it's it's our natural instinct. At some point, the bite back will be worse lash, than a few little yeah. a few little whips. The only thing that's concerning is that if he's saying it, if the first punch fifteen thousand, the next one thirty five thousand, that just means you see with the trend here, it's going to keep yeah. trending up, and it's going to next thing you know, someone's in jail, you know, for Being look at to Lenny Bruce for God's sake. It just, just made me think of Lenny Bruce and pornography cases or. Tipper Gore trying to put explicit lyrics things yeah. on Frank Zappa PMRC. albums and stuff. Like, what are we choice. doing? Freedom of choice. If you there, don't like it, don't buy it. Don't, don't buy listen it. to it. Don't watch it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and for, for the Tipper Gore thing, it was like, then just monitor your kids. Be a parent. Yeah. Your kid wants to buy an album, listen to it together, and then go, nope, never again. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. Like, it just... <sighs> I don't understand that, but going back to the Leslie Jones things on Twitter, we also have... People can't do that. They can't just go, I didn't like that comedian. I'm going to go online and say, this comedian is a fucking asshole. Because now, like He's you said, made fun everybody's of... voice is important. Everyone yeah, feels everyone that their feels opinion... And they have to... Counts. And after every tragedy, <laughs> that like, something. that's what people even say. Well, this is my two cents. And then it's just a big, long... You're like, all right. And that's... I'm, I'm a, I'd be a total hypocrite if I didn't say that. I do it all day long. But that's both, fine. There is... But that, it, yeah, I don't care. I, but the thing is, there, there's a difference. I'm very selective about when I, when I choose to speak up about something. Right. But I'll tell you what I'm never going to speak up about because I'm intelligent and I think all people have a place in this world is I'm not going to be like, what's up with black people, you guys? Oh, God. Why do they even exist? I mean, there are people in the United States of America that wish that they didn't ever come here as if they came here by choice yeah. Yeah, to start, right? Well, those people's people lives that, would be way different if they weren't here. Or people that are like, why are there so many Mexican people in California? I don't know. Have you ever seen us move the line to because where Mexico used California to be? Like, just educate yourself. Mexico. Yeah. My That's, point is, yeah. like, when those are the types of things where I just go, all right, I, I can sit here and, and, and play blind. I can't but let it slide. there's certain basic yeah. things that you're just like, 
seriously, people. Yeah. Go educate yourself. Yeah. Again. And then that come back. The Black Lives Matter, problem. All Lives Matter thing. I've been I've been going back and forth with people that and I, you know you have you have friends from that you grew up with, and I'm from the Midwest in Indiana, and it was a small you know pretty Christian white town. You know, we had like one black kid in our school, and you know a couple you know Indian kids, and that was it. It was very white Christian, whatever. But having these discussions, I've I've felt the need to like speak up a little bit because you can't let that shit slide. Of like, this is why Black Lives Matter because they haven't really mattered for the last three hundred right. years as much as other lives, white lives. And people will be like, all oh, lives matter right away. And they don't, I had to try to explain to them, like, when you slap that right after someone says black lives matter, you're missing the entire you're point. You're missing it's the like, point, yeah. Of course all lives matter. Of course we all agree with that. Like, humanity, we're all the same. We're all human beings. But if you don't understand the history of slavery and Jim Crow and separate but equal and segregation <laughs> and school bus, you know, boycotts and sit-downs and, you know, the walking over the bridge in Selma and getting their ass kicked like 50 years ago and redlining and, and predatory lending and all, you could list a thousand things where these people have been treated less than forever. But all lives matter. Uh, yeah, Even yeah, after you yeah, say you're, that, you're like, God damn it. So what, you're, so what, they're, saying is, so what they're saying is if your foot is broken... The whole body matters. Let's put it all in a cast. Yeah, Even yeah. though just the foot is broken, don't just repair the foot. Just put it over everything we've so that we've covered it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, matter. The meta- but the it metaphor is like, I'm like, how are these, how is this not getting through? Because like, yeah. you see the cartoon, It's not getting like, through because they don't hey, your want house it to is get on through. Fire. Yeah. yeah, but all houses matter. Yeah. Yeah, but right now, this one's on fire. Yeah. Like, yeah, but all houses matter. Well, we'll worry about your house when it sets on fire. Yeah. But right now, this house is on fire. And that being said, <laughs> you did touch on the thing where we should start. So, again, just for, for the sake of repeating it in a more fun tone, where did you grow up and what was that like? I was born in St. Margaret's Hospital in Hammond, Indiana, right. which is really close to the border of Illinois, Indiana. It's right, Near it's right Gary? there. Whiting, Whiting, Gary, Hammond. Uh, Hammonds, like now, it's it's known for uh, casinos that are on Lake Michigan. Ah, beautiful <laughs> Hammond, Outside Indiana. Of Chicago. Go to the Horseshoe Casino. <laughs> Hammond, Indiana. Beautiful Hammond, Indiana. Uh, did, did Harry Carey used to do, or you just doing yeah, that? He yeah, used to do commercials my, for it? It's, it's my Will Ferrell, Harry Carey. That's my, his mine is definitely Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. Did he used to do commercials for it? Because that'd no, be amazing. No, that would have been awesome. It would have been appropriate, right? Yeah. He always, I, I loved just a sidetrack for Harry Carey for a second. I've always loved when he would just welcome someone from like, Arlington Heights Dodge, <laughs> Jim Jim Caposatis, or whatever it was, just in the middle of a like double play. Awesome, that's great. <laughs> he was such, but that, but that's yeah. that was the character, oh, right? That was, we miss him every every you don't really second get of every day. That like when no, Vince we Scully goes, there's, yeah, like, there's going to be a, people when they go. Being born in Hammond, Indiana, my dad raises his White Sox fans. It was ten minutes to like Comiskey from Hammond, so. Back in the day, when I first started watching baseball games on TV, it was Channel Forty Four. Channel Forty Four, yep. and it was it was Jimmy Pearsall and Harry Carey doing White, White Sox. Sox WTTW? I th- maybe it was that was Channel WFLD. WFLD was yeah. Channel Thirty Two. Yeah. UHF for those kids out there. That's that was a dial. That's a dial you had to watch. Yeah, yeah. A second dial. So born in born in Hammond, then I moved to a town a little bit away, Chesterton, Indiana, which is home of the Indiana State Dunes. Okay, sand dunes. I was going to say. Only, yeah. only Brody Sandboard. Stevens would actually know that, yeah. but that's fine. Yeah, Brody. Um, and Jim Gaffigan actually is like, I think he lives there now, or 
he went to uh, one of these uh, academies or something. I didn't know that until recently, but Jim Gaffigan is oh. like from the region. He is an Indiana fella, too. This Northwest is Northwest Indiana feller. Um, so, yeah, lived in Chesterton, born and bred in that town. Cheese Town was our nickname. Uh, How big? Um, I think when we moved there, it was probably around 10,000 wow, people. Wow, okay. Eight to ten thousand, it's maybe up to fifteen. Or and you stayed there all the way through high school. All and, the way through high school. And where'd you go to college? Indiana University. Okay, down so in you, didn't, you didn't want to get too far. Away. How far yeah, away was I that? I wanted to from go home? to. My dad went to Notre Dame, so I was like, "I'm going to Notre Dame. Yeah. It's twenty five grand a year. I'm going to IU. <laughs> <laughs> it's in state. It's like three grand a how semester far, how to go to How far away IU. was that from home? Uh, a car ride. It was four. Okay, four so hours, four and a half far, hours. Yeah, far enough away for you to have yeah. independence. You're not getting yeah. the parents right, that's popping in. Yeah, but, but yeah. Growing up away. in a small town, where where was your obviously knowing what you do now? Were there influences early on, and how was that in a small town to to want to express those? Right? right. I think a big part. It's and it's weird. I, I don't know if Chesterton is like an anomaly or if it's like a bunch of small towns. And I think it's more like certain small towns where you get a group of people you're just you're you're almost just lucky or blessed to have i had three brothers two older one younger so our house was always the wiffle ball yard the football field playing night game kick the can whatever you know capture yeah. the flag people it, came to your place because that's where all of you were we had four boys we had kids and we, we were lucky that a lot of the neighborhoods we lived in almost every house had kids were you good awesome. at kick the can by the way did you like um, that game as far as all the games, I was decent. I was decent. I was a. I was a. I was a pretty good wiffle ball player. That was kind of. That was kind there of. My Did you like kick the can? Uh, we never really played kick the can. We played ghost in the graveyard. We played uh, statue maker. Never really played. <laughs> I don't kick know. You're just making stuff up right now. I have no idea what these games are. Do you know um, what he's talking about? I, they sound familiar. I think. I think we all play similar games and have different yeah, names. different names. For for statue them. maker yeah, was yeah. when you would just whip somebody around and just throw them, and however they <laughs> landed, they had to like. They had to stop and, it. and pose, and then what you would give, great and then you would give. Then whoever was doing the whipping would then give the last person a tour of the museum of all the statues, <laughs> and then in the end, one person was pegged to like come to life and chase the other person oh, okay. and try to catch them. I got to be honest, freeze tag a little bit, a little, a little bit, bit, yeah. Minus yeah. the violent part up front, it's actually pretty creative, it is. but it's there's it is. some violence there attached. Was a lot to of that. Impro- there was a lot of improv involved, like yeah. you had to make up names for these statues. The yes and stuff. Yeah. game. A big game we had was manhunt, where you had like where you'd have <laughs> with legit, knives. Like, everyone would go like you'd have like ten kids go hide mm-hmm. just in around there, and you'd have two guys that were like near the base, and they were the the man hunters, and they'd have to go out and search. They couldn't just sit by the base, but your whole thing was trying to get to the base before they tag you. And it was, it was like it capture became, the flag. It, yeah, kinda, it yeah. became it was fantastic. Like people wiping out the streets, you know, oh. getting huge scrapes, and put the back teen on my elbow. Oh, and I'm back like, teen! I'm back in the game. Ah. But that was manhunt was a big game. For I like us back manhunt. Yeah, man. Childhood it, games are so bipolar, right? Because like you can go from having the most fun, falling and hurting yourself, to being the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so dramatic when yeah. you're a child. Yeah. Too. You get tagged and you get into a fight. You're playing war. Did you ever play war where you just shot each other with sticks? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd be like, dude, I totally I got you. you. I hit you. No way, dude. Yeah. yeah. Totally ah, missed. I got. And then, but then you'd watch. It's like an episode of the A-Team. You're like, see? People can outrun bullets. G.I. Like, <laughs> Joe. Yeah, dude. No one's ever getting shot. You didn't the know. dumbest game, my friends and I were like, we should totally get in a rock fight. And we're like, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, yeah. Until one of my kids got hit with, one of my friends got hit with the biggest fucking rock in the head. <sighs> and then, you know, of course, what comes next is a second head growing off the yeah. head. And we're like, we, we have to stop the game for now because Eric wrecked it. With, yeah, he like, grew it, another yeah. brain. <laughs> 
That's when someone would get really hurt. Our our inclination was always to bail. Like, <laughs> run, not help. You're, get the no, fuck out. you're like you're like you're gonna get in trouble because yeah. someone yes. got hurt. It's like someone's on a bike trail and they do a jump and they like yeah. rack themselves and flip over the handlebars and you're just like <laughs> scatter. Yes, just because bail. you know what's the. I, I'm a parent. I already know it's like they come to t- what happened. You did what? Yeah, and then you don't want you don't want to be standing behind that no. while somebody else's parent. Did you is guys think this was a good idea? <laughs> no, uh, I, I, Kevin. I told him not Terry, Toby. He, I told him it wasn't a. Like yeah. Brian so anyway. Regan, he's like, we just rub leaves on the wound. <laughs> like, yeah. I always have to go in and tell mom, like, hey, hey, ma, remember, uh, remember Kevin? Yeah, yeah, your oldest. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> that happens with brothers and friends too, where you're like, you're messing around, you're play acting, and then you pop them one, yeah, and then you're like, shh, shh, you're yeah. fine, you're totally, yeah. don't cry, Dude, oh god, don't cry. I used to say, don't tell mom, don't tell. Mom. I would like. Threw, my brother was laying on one end of the yard. I threw a football up in the air, and literally the thing came down point first right in his eye. <laughs> Could not have been a more dead-on <laughs> shot. And he's just like, what? Starts to cry. I haul ass across the yard, and I just get down my knees right next to him. I'm like, Dude, don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. Please, 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 please don't tell mom. And he's like, fine. I won't. My brother was hard as nails. He'd be like, fine, I won't tell mom. And he was I'll just, give you a Charleston chew and <laughs> some garbage <laughs> paint. Like, well, actually, I would still the next day like take his English muffin and be like, make another one. Yeah. Like, but still, uh, he yeah. pointed to his shiner. I'm telling mom. <laughs> Good times gone bad so quickly. But Chesterton, to get back to that, it, there wasn't anything to do. We had the dunes during the summer, so you could go to the beach and run down the sand dunes and stuff like that. Um, no movie theater. No, I think there was a roller rink there for the first couple of years I lived there, and then it went out of business. There was, there was a couple bowling alleys. There was that. Nothing else to do. So I think a huge reason was you just hung out. You hung out with your friends, and I, I always felt it like a badge of honor if I could like make my brothers not want to kick my ass or their friends be like just if I could get my buddy uh my oldest brother John he had some friends that were hysterical that like to this day are the funniest people ever that never went into any show right. business they're stuff. just hilarious they're just you know they're always going to be the funny person in the room and uh yeah if I could make my my brother John's friend Tony Trial Tony trial. <laughs> I made I made him laugh one time, like on our way to a Blackhawks game or something. I was just like sitting back, like I did it. That's yeah, it. Good night, everybody. Victory. victory. Leave on um, a high note. You just roll out the car. But my my class that I graduated in, we were weirdly like really smart. Like our our top, I was I was like eighty second in my class, and I had a three five GPA. Jesus. So like. We were a bunch of weird words. Yeah. What the fuck? Out of 10, I was dumb. <laughs> I was the dumbest person. <laughs> what, what, what's, what is, what <laughs> is your, the area that you grew up in, what was it known for? Like, what was the industry? Um, it used to be the steel mills. Mm-hmm. Chesterton was, there was a lot of mill towns. U.S. Steel and Bethlehem Steel were right on the border near like Portage and Gary and all those. So there was, there was still a lot of people that worked at the mill. Um, but once that started going away, it's, it was kind of like a nice suburb of Chicago. It was okay. in one of those two counties that they always say, in your Chicago land in northwest Indiana, Toyota dealer. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> northwest Indiana is Porter and Lake County. There's two counties right on Lake Michigan, and I was in Porter County. So, but I think a lot of people traveled to and from Chicago as well that worked in that So area. you, even though you were that close to a major city growing up, you guys, it was still in your mind? Was it too far away? Like, did you... Not, did you go to the city? No, a lot? we went to the city. You did a go lot. to the city my, a lot. My, okay. my, my dad and like when we got older, it was like it was easy. There was a South Shore train that 
you could just take the train for five or six bucks and get to Chicago and go like skip school and go to. <laughs> so I ask you, are you part of the are you off? part of the generation where you did stuff at an age that no one will let their kids do now? Like, would you get on trains by yourself? Like, what age yeah. were you traveling? Oh, totally, and doing stuff? yeah, totally, um, yeah. Middle school and high school, there was so in middle like school getting, you guys like, were just if like, we went with a it. group or whatever. Yeah, still no parent. Like, there was no yeah. chaperone. No, not at all. No, like uh, the stuff we did on bikes. We there was always bike trails in Chesterton. That was something you do too when you're growing up. It was just like build a jump. All right, let's build a jump. Let's build it higher. All right, now what? <laughs> let's b- put fire behind it or something insane. And like you're smoking cigarettes. Yeah, the, like no helmets, no pads, no phones to know where you're at. You, you know, like. Just be parents back to Come back for dinner. And what's amazing is parents, you know, they, they worry just like all parents do. But back then, it was like, yeah, they'll, you know, if I they don't come in by dinner, then we'll start to get They'll all ring the giant bell on the back deck, <laughs> yeah. and if they don't hear that. Here's the only thing I don't like about, because of where we live, it's so spread out, and, and, and kids, their friends, are, are car yeah. drives away. It's they not a neighborhood thing. Because there, there is some truth, and, and this is what I think people forget. The neighborhood dynamic, depending on where you live, it's safety in numbers, kind of yeah, what you said. Yeah. No creep is going to come after six or seven middle no. school kids because either they're going to beat the shit out of them, yeah. one's going to run and tell. You know what I mean? Like there's enough to kind of solve was, it on their own. Right. And it was always different age groups that like got along. It's like, yeah, an 18 year old's not going to hang out with four year olds. No. But like in our neighborhood, if you had a big group of kids in your neighborhood, you had, you know, everyone from like eight to 16 is like playing sports. They know each other. If, some, if like someone got hurt, they would take care of them or yes. like you know yeah. like that's you you hear that all the time where you know if you effed up and at your buddy's sleepover or something their parent could like whip your ass yeah. or send you home or <laughs> yeah. whatever and be like hey knock that shit off and you're like oh my god yeah you can get yelled your at your dad's an vietnam vet i'm yeah, not gonna, he's like, angry I'm gonna tiptoe around like don't talk when we're watching you i just know, had to have news. the kids that slept over this morning ask the kid that was staying with us i'm like can you have a hot pocket like i felt like yeah. even that was enough to get yeah. me in trouble you gave him a what yeah and he got to watch tv uh, yeah that I mean, was, the, the world that was has the changed, greatest right? thing. Sleepovers is when you'd go to someone's house and they had food that you Way parents better. never yeah. bought. Oh no, my mom always lets me have uh, sugar smacks and cocoa pebbles yeah. for spaghettios. Uh, you guys get to eat spaghettios. One of the most disappointing things in my life was when one of my girlfriends broke up with me because they had a drawer with ho hos and ding dongs in it, and I didn't get that stuff growing up. And I was that was that hurt me more yeah. to not be able to go to that house and eat as much of that <laughs> shit as I possibly could. You're like, it's can a we sad just but stay true friends? Story. Yeah. She's like, no, we're done. You're sad like, but, but I could just come over for snacks. Yeah. So. All this craziness, how does it turn into a guy that starts becoming attracted to, uh, I guess, for all intents and purposes, Hollywood, if you will? Yeah, I'm, I'm a total, I think, weirdo and outlier and like late bloomer across the board. I never liked being in front of people. It was more like this. Like, if I'm hanging with my buddies and we're playing Castlevania, I'm talking <laughs> shit and we're drinking orange pop and we're having yeah. a great time. Never the class clown, more under my breath, whispering to the you know, person next to me. But I never did any theater. No, like if I had to give a speech in front of class, I would shake. I was really petrified. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So people find that very like, whoa, really? Oh, you? Yeah. If they remember you from just then, it's oh like, my yeah. God, I was, I did not like being up in front of people. Th- that was not a driving force in you. No. Like, oh, I want to get up there and no. start reciting Shakespeare. No. Okay, interesting. Okay. Not at all. So I think what happened in one of my brothers had taken an acting class at one of the IU affiliates in Northwest Indiana. And he said it was great. It was awesome. This acting class, acting one, it's great. So I'm down at IU, and I think it was my sophomore year, and I had 
no idea what I wanted to do at all. I had to declare a major and declared yeah. psychology because I took a few classes yeah. and thought they were interesting. Weed was cool. Yeah. And, and they're just like, you have to, you have to declare what you want to do with the rest. I love like, that. Make up your mind. I'm 19 I and a, no I'm idea. sweetly retarded. Like, I'm an <laughs> idiot. I don't know anything i have no you're not supposed to he, yeah it, it turns out the male brain old, does yeah. not develop until after the age of 25 yeah. now they know okay. yeah so 19 i take acting one it's at 8 a.m it's in this theater <laughs> annex that is the most condemned effed up building i've ever seen let alone it's a college building at a big 10 school with like exposed metal coming out of the walls stuff dripping did they know they had this it was like the this re- class did the school know yeah yeah totally these like real these, genius the, guy yeah, lives back there the rehearsal rooms were like straight out of saw i'm not i'm not i'm not like embellishing people that have went yes, there when i went there cut your own hand yeah. off to get out of class yeah uh did you get your tetanus shot get out of here you can't do it so 8 a.m it's taught by a grad student named Rob Johansson, and he was the coolest dude ever. He just, we, we did all these exercises just to like get your body into it and warm up. He's like, it's 8 a.m. This sucks. We're all like tired and we're yeah. all wearing sweats and You're stuff. You're in college. You're just miserable at 8 a.m. But he taught us to just really get to know each other and cut down all the barriers. So it's like, you're not playing favorites. You're not just going to do scenes with your friends. Like, we're all going to like do stuff and whatever. And that class, even though I was petrified to go to it, I took acting two with Rob Johansson again, and by acting two, it was getting better at it, but I was still petrified for years but what to your, perform. What I, was your I, thought about these classes? Were you like, this will help me just be kind of a more well-rounded person? This I, is just something. I think I had an inkling of like, it's something I want to try and see if I could do, because I've always, you know, watching SNL or I was just SNL ask you, so you or did, growing you, up watching Caddyshack and okay. those movies. It's like, of course, like, and that's part of Chesterton India. What do you do? You say phrases from movies yep, like Dude, yep, you quote Ooh, deep cut from Flight of the Navigator. But when you would watch good, but, but when you would watch like SNL and stuff like that, yeah. did you ever envision yourself in those shows at that time or you just watched it and you no, went funny funny stuff I, like, hilarious? I knew what was funny and what made my friends but laugh. But you didn't envision me. yourself in there. I I, I think it was like a in the back of my head, like wow, that'd be really cool if you could do that. Some right, never like the same like, way you look at like a baseball that. player, like man, that'd be really cool. yeah, yeah. Except I actually thought I had a shot at being yeah. a baseball player yeah. when I was like 14, 13. Yeah, You're like that's I okay. Still, it's okay to have it. those dreams. Yeah. The, all would, your dreams will get crushed eventually by well, other no, people. No, I'm not done. Yeah. I'm going to try out next year. Okay, fair enough. But then I started, I started taking more acting classes and then auditioning for stuff, and I started doing some plays outside of the school in the town of Bloomington. And even then, like, you know, before the show would start, I would be, you know, almost nauseous and, like, sweaty. But as soon as the lights hit or I'd step on stage, all good. Like, I was completely in control, like, out of mind, like, out focused of body. Focused or just, like, Just so focused on stuff that all the bullshit went away. Um, and, yeah, that, I remember one of, the, one of the, like, teachers, he just passed away recently, but he was this incredible Shakespearean actor, director, did the, like, Utah Shakespeare Festival... And I had to take acting three with Shakespeare. I hadn't read a lick of Shakespeare. I'm this hill jack from Chesterton, <laughs> Indiana. And taking his class, I was petrified to take that class, but got through it. And he gave me the like to be or not to be speech for my like final thing and got a decent grade in it. But I did a play, The Normal Heart, um, that they just did that movie a year ago. Yeah. Larry Kramer. It's about the AIDS crisis in New York in the early. It's really heavy play, but it's yeah. incredible. And I had to play, like, the kind of homophobic asshole brother. And it was the first, like, serious role I did. But that Shakespeare teacher came and saw it. Um, 
after and afterwards just said like you've turned into a fine actor my man oh, and it was whoa, like that with that whoa, was that the thing was that whoa. the moment that, that was one of the moments that and my brother my older brother had seen me do stuff and seen me do comedics he knew i could do comedic <laughs> stuff and he was always supportive of that stuff but when he saw the normal heart too, the play blew him away and he my performance he's like dude Holy shit. Like, Especially because he knows you. Yeah. And he knows you're obviously acting. He, like you're, yeah. you're, he's not like, <laughs> yeah. you're just playing a burnt out version <laughs> right. of yourself. Right. You homophobic asshole. You're <laughs> mailing it in, you piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> yeah. Those two moments, I was like, holy shit. Those, those two words meant more, had more. Yeah, like, validation <laughs> from like, like your older brother, which I imagine, yeah. you yeah. know, is. What you're always looking for is like, right. you want your older brothers to be like, you're not terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you love me. Um, and, and then, then they trip a, you. And then a yeah. teacher you respect that you kind of almost feared yeah. in a sense. Like Shakespeare is intimidating. Yeah. And, and this it's guy, like, again, he was like, the, he was the coolest teacher. He was so just worldly and well educated. And he was like a confidant and a mentor. And you're just like, to hear him say, like, you're not terrible was like, yeah, that's, yeah. that okay, was huge. So, and then you get out of college. And then where do you, I mean, where do you go head? to Chicago? You did go to Chicago. Go to Chicago again, not knowing anything. Worked on a boat on Navy Pier. That was awful. Called the Ugly Duck. Oh, and then got a job at Ed DeBevix. Oh and my hung god! Out with a bunch of Do you know, you know which character were you? Yeah. My name was Spaz from Meatballs. So I, I wore glasses and wore terrible clothes. Does that even still had exist? A goatee. Ed yeah, it does. Okay. Um, well, they knocked the the original one down. Is finally gone forever. But I think they're going to rebuild it. Okay. They they expanded. There was one in Beverly Hills. There was That's one in I mean. Milwaukee. So, one in Denver. But they all went away. They all went away. But the so original the, one is still in Chicago. It got knocked down. Be. It will be coming back. Okay. I think. But. Yeah. Right yeah. now, there's none, which is weird, but there's a million people that have worked at this 50s diner where that's you can right. be sassy yeah, to that's, the customers. If, if you don't know Ed DeVebix, it's a Chicago-based restaurant <laughs> where you go in and then the staff is rude as shit to you, <laughs> and they mock you. And I didn't know about it the first time I went yeah. in there. And I was like, what is this bitch's yeah. problem? Like, <laughs> the fuck? Like, I almost asked to see a manager. I was in, like, eighth grade. Yeah. I was like... Fuck you, lady. Wait, in eighth grade, you're looking for managers? I, well, I was yeah. like, why, who the fuck does this chick think she is? I was pissed. Yeah. Until I realized, like, everyone was an asshole. Yeah. Like, when you're in eighth grade, of course they're there. Everyone's a jerk to you when you're eighth, because you, you think you know too much, and they're like, he oh, thinks dude, he knows too much. I knew everything. So you're doing this stuff. So this, the, you took your Shakespearean role to Ed DeBevix. Yeah, and my this is psych this, theater double that's major right, to Ed DeBevix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, so you're, uh, how does... Where were you mindset-wise? Were you like, Chicago's fine? Chicago I want to see myself close. in New York. I want to see myself in L.A. Yeah, like, Chicago, what was your goal? Chicago for me was like, I think this is the place I'm going to be. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of family, a lot of friends. Almost everybody I knew from Indiana, a majority of them moved to Chicago. So it was like, oh, we're all going to be in our early 20s together. Let's be broke you and like social the and single teams, together. You yeah. like the, Which is yeah. a great yeah. city, by the yeah. way, to yeah. be oh that God, age and experience Chicago stuff. in my 20s, I won't trade it for all the money in the world. Like, it was awesome again everyone was single and broke and stupid but we were all social you know you just there was stuff going on all the time yeah, and everyone's doing a show everyone's in a band everyone's doing second city everyone's at io but you're going to ball games you're going to concerts at the metro and the empty bottle and the yeah. elbow room and and this summers was what, what, are where, great where, where are we uh years wise where um i was in chicago for seven years i think i moved up there when i was 22 or 23 okay. so 23 to 30 okay right around 30 is when i made the the jump to la but in chicago i did second city i did, did. Okay. plays but i didn't audition for anything really i didn't go out for commercials or anything it was just i did a, i started my sketch group dry hump uh back then so it was second city dry hump doing some plays and that was is this the late late chicago. 90s um, this is early 98 to 2005. No, no, okay. All right. So 
And so you did do you did you did Second City and stuff yeah. like that. How long did you do that stuff for? Um, I didn't go through the conservatory or anything. Okay. I took there was these classes. I auditioned for the conservatory, and they're like, you didn't get in, but you're not like. Joe Schmo at the water cooler that thinks he's funny that right. has to take these five intro classes. So they had in, uh, improv for the actor one and two classes okay. taught by Norm Holly, <clears throat> who's fucking awesome. He was such a great teacher, coolest dude. And again, like any class you've ever taken, it was like half the class were people that I would never work with ever yeah. in a million years. Right? Yeah. There, was, there was a kid in our class from Southside, Southside Joe, I think. <laughs> He watched talk like this, but he was so extremely homophobic that, like, if you were on stage with him, like, if, if a guy, like, even did anything or, like, patted him on the back, he'd be like, I'm not gay. That was, like, the thing that came out of his mouth, like, instantly. <laughs> it was amazing that that existed back then. But half the class were incredible people, and some of them I know to this day, and, the, and some of them have gone on to you know, become great actors or okay. writers I, or I whatever. My whole was, thing with, with uh, Second City, because I, I took a, cl- a couple classes in L.A., and I, just, I, couldn't, I couldn't get past that half the class being people yeah, I wouldn't piss on if they yeah, were on fire. Yeah. And I just couldn't look to the other people because I, like, I was so enraged at these other That's people. That's why I started my sketch group. Uh, just doing, working with doing people you plays, like. taking classes and doing plays where it was every time it was almost perfect, but it never was. There was always like everyone in the cast is cool, but the director is a douchebag, or right. like the director is the greatest I've worked with, but those two actors I have to be with are fucking dicks, or yeah. they're assholes, or they're prima or they're donnas, terrible, or they're terrible, or, yeah. or both. Yeah. And the, I started my sketch group by just being like, all my funny friends. Let's do some this. of them had never acted before, or gotten up on stage, and they were like naturals because they were just cool and they're funny and they're smart and they had a po- and it was a positive experience you weren't oh making you weren't threatening people no, you were, it was totally it was like, democratic Let's all have fun if 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 things were funny if we read sketches and there was like 12 of us or 13 of us at the time we started right. if a bunch of people were like that, these are the best sketches that's the show we do we'd write 50 sketches and be like these 10 make it cuz these 10 are the best not because you're in five of them and I'm in three right, like that's right. why everything bands and groups break up because you want it's Ten a, people want to be the main guy. Yeah, youth. So yeah, and when it becomes a numbers <laughs> thing, that just based. takes the the creative creativity yeah. out. Like when it's like, oh, you're in five sketches, you're in three sketches. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. You, but we 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 work through those. There was definitely we all have egos and stuff. But after a while, we learned to just be like, the show's the thing. They dubbed me the artistic director, and we're just like, you can like everyone could come t- come talk to me, and we'd work stuff out. But we did, and it was always like the show. Benefit. But this is not your career, though. You're working other jobs to do this stuff, correct? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. So, when did it become something where you're like, "Oh, money can be made, and this can be a career"? That's that's again super late. That's after I moved to LA. I moved to LA kind of on a whim too. It was just right around my thirtieth birthday. I couldn't sleep for a week. I had come out to visit friends in LA, and when I left, I wasn't like, "I'm moving here." I was like, "That was cool," but I still thought I was going to be a Chicago guy my whole life. Okay. Um. But yeah, right around my 30th birthday, couldn't sleep for a week and was like, dude, you're single. You don't have a job that you have to do. Like, get the, go. This is the just time go. to try it, at least. So just to try whatever. Try another move. Go to another city. So I moved to L.A. But I'm at this working. point, you're still no agents, no managers, no, no, no resume, headshots. per se. You're the only just... headshots I have are from Brian McConkey. They're black and white. They're yes. Black and white. Matte finish, whatever. Like, just theater, <laughs> theater headshots that yeah. I got in Chicago for an arm and a leg. Scarf or no scarf? Yeah. No scarf. <laughs> okay. No scarf. I have friends that have, you know, they look like magicians in their, in their <laughs> theater headshots, which are amazing. Um, 
So I move out here, and I had a day job in Chicago. I had moved away from waiting tables, and a buddy got me a job where I was working in office buildings as like an assistant, executive assistant. So that same company had an office out here. Oh, okay, so I worked good. downtown. So I had a job right away, which That's was great. A, a huge and you're like, wait a minute, there's a downtown Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. it was no just shit. Hollywood where there's stars was, on the street. That was kind of my, the first nine months I didn't have a car here, which I look back and I'm like, what are you doing? You're a maniac. Did you take the but train? I took the bus, the bus which okay. you know, the, smells like pee. Oh, yeah. From West Hollywood, Melrose and La Brea all the way downtown to like Fifth and Figueroa. So six hours later, you got yeah, to work. Exactly. I'd have to leave at midnight. Um, but yeah, I worked there for three years. And again, no agent, no manager, no headshots, no resume to speak of. But I brought my sketch group out here. A lot of the people that were in Chicago had migrated out here and we started doing that. So that was my MO, was just doing sketch shows. We'd do two big sketch shows a year. But out here, you guys had to pay to perform, right? Yeah, we'd have you to, to rent, find your rental room. Rent, and... We'd have to rent a theater. We rented it like, we did it like plays. We'd Where did rent you do? a theater. We did it at the Lounge Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard, was our first show. And then there was another place next to Guitar Center on Sunset and Gardner. Mm-hmm. There's a theater. Sure, there's over a there. co- yeah. We did a couple shows there. Um, there's one by the Home Depot, Sunset. It's like the underground theater. We did shows there. And the show we did, the McCadden Place Theater and the Lex are right there on like near Highland and uh, Santa Monica, I think. But we did like five shows there. But it was, yeah, we'd scrape our money together and rent a place for like 300 bucks for the weekend or 500 bucks for the weekend. And, and we'd beg people to, to come tickets. see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And again, Do all your coworkers get tired of having to see your shows yeah, after a while? Well, again, they, they actually enjoyed them. Again, yeah. we, we, would, we didn't. There's a difference between enjoying and then be like, oh, he, you're doing another show? Yeah. You ask me again. They were, they were, that's what was cool. We knew we were doing good stuff because we'd only do two original shows a year. We weren't oh, doing okay. like, come see my improv troupe Monday through Saturday. Right, right. We're performing <laughs> eight <laughs> times a day. And so like, you weren't like, you didn't hit the ground running and be like all the time doing something and, and doing a show. So you, no. you were very calculated and, or, yeah. or not or just doing just it whenever. Kind of, I, I've always just kind of gone with my gut and gone with the flow to what I, people always said like, you got to take classes, you got to do workshops, you got to do this. And I was kind of like, I'm still not in this world until I'm doing... Sketch comedy, I, friends that saw our sketch comedy, I got auditions through that, a couple, but again, with no representation or anything. But then I had a, a new roommate, and she was a, a, an agent at BBA, Bobby Ball Talent. Ah, I was with Bobby Ball for yeah. three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bum. No, that's um, not a kid. And she had seen me perform a bunch of times, and she's like, moron, get your shit together. I can sign you, like, tomorrow. Like... What define get your shit together? What does that get, actually get a headshot. mean? Get headshots. Get a resume. Put a fake a resume. Like throw stuff on that you did in third grade. You know, yeah. like well, my first resume was all, all yeah. school plays and huge nonsense. font. Just yeah, yeah just <laughs> eight things. Are they fucking reading the resume. Guys, let's, no. let's be honest. Oh, back then they got to look at that. And go, well, no, he's does done anybody nothing. fucking read anything no. in this town? I they think... they make the decisions when you show up. It's either word of mouth, someone's put in a good right. word for you. It's favors, or you deliver when you're there, or you have to deliver forty times in front of them. Right, but and yeah get used to you. I think, if, I think if you have no, like, named shows or movies on there, that's like, they're definitely just gonna, like, throw that in the trash, but I think the only saving grace is if your top line says, like, a show that's been on in the last 20 years, you know, that you could yeah. be like, oh, you were on New Girl. I think that just validates you automatically in yeah. a room. But, but also, th- things are a little bit... You also don't know any of that. Like, what you were saying, like, it's about somebody going, knowing somebody and handing them somebody. Like, you're like, oh, get an agent. Okay, this is how it works. Like, <laughs> then I just give the thing and I go and you just That's follow being the a part of the machine. Now, can I ask you a question? Sure. I don't know if this is a part of your Midwestern raising, 
But it seems like you always had this, well, I live my life first. Like I kind of get a world set up around me and then I kind of go do the play versus a lot of people are like, I play, I play, I play. Oh my God, I need fucking money. I got to do something. It seems like you were always like, yeah, you know, I need to live. Yeah. Live first. I always kind of was guarded about like, I don't think this is like going to happen for me. I'm giving it a go, but I'm not like putting my life on the line for it. But it was always like these happy accidents of, oh, my roommate, Shanna, who doesn't live here anymore, but she was a huge, you know, I thank her every day of just being like, get your stuff together and, and do this. I, I sign, I go on my first audition, again, petrified, nauseous, in a corner, everyone knows each other, and I feel uh, like the total like, uh, yeah. new kid at school. Oh, dude, just going like, those first couple of commercial uh, auditions, you're like, oh, this is awkward. Everyone just like, seems like best friends, and I'm just like, gonna poop my pants in the corner. I, I, told, I told him I quit, and I'll get back to you real quick. I quit. <laughs> going out on auditions when I went to one and everybody got around in a circle and started singing with each other and singing together. And I was like, I don't fucking belong here. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm like, if you guys can turn into a song and dance group immediately because you all know each other, gross. I'm not a song and dance man. I don't belong in this Beautiful. business. Beautiful. That is gross. Anyway, continue. So first audition is for Sam's Club and I go in there and it's like a nothing audition. It's like a reaction audition. So I make a face and they're like, all right, good. And I walk out. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? This is so bogus. I haven't auditioned in years. Like, I'm just like, this is, I feel so weird. Get a callback for it. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I go in with this guy. Director's there with a few clients. And the director is kind of an a-hole. And he tells us like, do it like this and definitely don't do like these five things. I want you to do it like this. And the other and guy does those five the exact things. The other guy immediately. To- like as soon as he says go, like do- like get- stands up on his chair and is over the top and then I'm just I just sink into my chair and try to do whatever. Walk out of there like this is this is the worst. Uh, this you is me, the buddy, worst. Thanks. That guy's an <laughs> asshole. The director was kind of a dick. I walk out. My agent calls me like in a day and says like, you're on a veil. What's that mean? Oh, my God. Oh, they want to know if you can make it. I book it. I'm like, oh, my God. Go, <laughs> if they, I go out to like Palm Desert or Palm, a Sam's Club in Palm Springs or something. First, first audition, I book it. It's amazing. I meet a couple really cool people on there. But again, like that director is a maniac on set and is like yelling at everyone the whole time from a monitor like 100 yards away from where we're at. It's oh. the weirdest thing ever. And at the end, he's like, hey, I'm sorry. It was hard on you. It's just you know, my style and whatever. I was like, oh, man, no worries. Maybe this is how it goes. This, Maybe all directors, all directors are just, was he like, German? Dick bags. No. He, what's, what's funny is, one, I've never seen him again. Of so course. It's like, right. But, yeah, I've never worked with anyone, like, knock on wood, that's even, like, n- not even a sort of pain in the ass or kind yeah. of an ass. I've only worked with, like, people directors that have been super cool and just yeah, like us. Because we should all be so fucking happy that anybody gives a shit yeah. that you have a vision. Yeah. Well, also oh the same for Sam's do this. Club, yeah. At the same Commercial. time, your attitude does help. Like, if you have a positive attitude and you go to some uh, to a set, then the director's going to have... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it helps that everyone should just yeah. be in a... be cool. A, be happy But like Because like you said, yeah. like, like what, what I complain sometimes when I get hot on set, and I'm like, well, at least I'm not like on a roof, you know... Pounded shingles in or something yeah. like no, it's I it's think, an honorable yeah. profession. Yeah, well, from, it is, from, but I just yeah. I would die if I had to do that because I would get a, the worst sunburn on. Yeah, <laughs> was that Bill Burr who says that? He's like, you think being a parent's a tough job? Being a redhead roofer in July <laughs> is a tough job. Yeah. So after that, it was it's it's been all gravy. Like I've had you know definite ups and downs, but I, I worked with John in that Lennox air conditioning commercial shortly after the Sam's Club. 
booked a couple more union jobs right after that and joined SAG by like the next, I think. That's when you found out what Sam's, your real name was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think, I think the, the Sam's Club thing was the tail end of 07. Our thing was the very beginning of 2008. And I think by like July or August, I was I was signing signing with SAG. And was it really 2008? Yeah, 2008. Like it, what, that was like January. We did the Lennox, the second round of Lennox spots. And have you suffered any lean times where you're like, oh, definitely, shit, Daddy's yeah. got to go back to work. In 2008, I still had my day job working downtown, and my boss was really cool with about me like going to auditions. I just have to work weekends or work late at night, and I did it. It was awesome. What kind of work was this, by the way, that you were doing? I was just an executive assistant for a big real estate company downtown. So it was mostly paperwork and computer work. You could do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was writing sketches like most of the time. For them. For them. For them, yeah. Just to be clear. (laughs) For them. Yes. Real estate sketches. Real estate centric sketches. (laughs) You want to buy a house? Banana peel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, escrow fart. Um, Um,. where were we anyway? Oh, so my point was lean, lean times yes. where you kind of. I, I, I booked this TurboTax campaign where I got to do incredible makeup and they made me look like Ben oh, Franklin. Oh, John. Uh, John Ennis. Yeah. And uh, uh, Roy Jenkins, who's a big groundling, like 6'6", groundling, one of the funniest, yeah, smartest guys, guys, guys ever. Yeah, presidents. Yeah, John Ennis played Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, Roy Jenkins played Andrew Jackson. I got to play uh, Benjamin Franklin. And I got to work with a director who I've worked with a bunch since. It was like, the, he's the best guy. But. We did this TurboTax campaign, and I was kind of like, this is going to be numerous commercials. It's going to be like a couple radio spots, I think a print ad. I'm taking the plunge. Fuck it, I'm quitting my day job. So it's like end of 2008, not knowing that the worst recession in like 100 <laughs> years is about ready to happen. So I cut the cord. I, at the end of the year, I say goodbye to my real estate job, and then like nothing. It's tumbleweeds. Like 2009, I think I worked maybe one job all year. Had to go on unemployment, like all that money from TurboTax is gone just oh, to yeah. live and yeah. pay bills and yeah, stuff you're like not that. Like, you're not like a raging alcoholic. You're not a drug addict. You're not, no. like your money is literally going to like, you know, living, yeah. eating. It was, it was also like you come into that. It was still your- at a point, point when it's like I still had school loans. Yep. I bought a car, so I had car payments. I had credit card debt. You're like living a grown-up life. So yeah. you, you voted for Bernie. We get it. But to, yeah. The point is this. <laughs> The, but, but here's what the, the thing we've, I think we've touched on this on the show. The pre-2008, and this is what people forget, pre-2008, what people were getting paid for for commercials, when that recession came back, mm-hmm. even when commercials came back, the money, television, everything was different. Yeah. Everything went down by yep. at least a third, if not more, yeah. as to what the rates were. Like, it literally went backwards. I, so whatever yeah. life you were living... Pre, even when, would you agree that when you came back, it was not the same? Yeah, I've, I've recently become very, like, involved in Screen Actors Guild, especially on the commercial front. I was really, like, I went to all these W&W meetings last fall and learned a ton about, like, the, just the commercials contract, where it's been, the history of it, and it was just really enlightening because I was kind of one of those actors that was just like, ah, this contract sucks, not involved, don't know anything about anything, and just like, we should get more money. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, always. They've been trying That's to my get us more money constantly. forever, but it's really hard. Um, but yeah, I think I was just a rube. I was just happy to get a check in the mail, because it was back then when you'd still get a fat, a fat envelope. You were like, there's probably like three or four checks in here, and yeah. just, I couldn't read a check. I didn't know what 
holding fees were. I didn't know what, you know, uh, internet moved eight weeks to the, I didn't know any of those terms. And when you read your check, I was just like, this is going in the bank and yeah. I'm like, and pay even off my recently I misread a check and it completely boned me on what I thought I was going to be yeah, getting. Yeah. And it almost, it cost me and, a fucking lot. But <laughs> since, but since the recession and since just years of doing it and learning about everything about reading your check. And I, I have a spreadsheet now where I keep everything track of everything. Cause what I've learned is we've probably all lost out on tons of money that are owed to us for what the con what, just what the contract says, not what a new contract says, but right. you know, they'll run your stuff and it'll be online for a year and eight months when they only paid for a year. And you're like, I should have gotten paid. And, but there's a statute of limitations and now you can't go back and get that money. But Besides it being, you know, cable, we get paid way too little. Internet, we get paid way too little. It's, it's a tough ball game right now because things are going non-union. So yes. people are worried about, like, if we ask for too much, then they're just going to be like, fuck you, we're going to go all non-union. and It's, it's splintered. Yeah. Which means that the cocaine era, if you will, <laughs> where you could get one great oh, commercial campaign. Yeah. Right. So now, in order to get that, you got to do 50 commercials yeah. to equate to that one big-ass right. campaign. That, I mean, of course, I'm exaggerating to an extent, but you know what I'm saying. It's right. like, yeah. it's just different There's now. A myth. There's a myth. Even, I have to explain this on a week weekly basis to, to people that don't know any better. They don't know. They're not commercial actors. They don't know, you know, what they're, what you get for being a guest star on agents of shield. It's like you get $900 for the day's work yeah. and then you get $900 when it runs. And then if it, like, if it gets, runs again, and if they, if they run it on the internet or people download it, you get a check for like $40 and then it's done pretty yeah. much like, yeah. So you could be a guest star on agents of shield on ABC and a which billion people watch it and you make maybe $2,000, which is great for a day's work but in the grand scheme of things that goes your rent and you're not buying rounds of drinks next time you're in Chicago because you were on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right? and the commercials have definitely gone down because they've gotten away with figuring out ways to not pay you for class A network stuff they can run your stuff on network and say it's a wild spot because it's only in New York, Chicago, L.A., Miami, Dallas and you're like that's pretty much America but I, I you know I I recently been in spots where yeah it was it was wild spot or you car commercials it's like why do you think you see so many car and truck commercials because they get away with paying the least amount to all actors it's called dealer you get those dealer checks if you do like a honda commercial and it's like dealer a instead of class a and it's uh drop in the bucket <laughs> it's not a wow. ton of money so man that mazda commercial you must be you know killing it you're like no yeah. i made i made fifty seven hundred dollars on it that's great yeah but if you only work once or twice a year, it's like you're, that's not going to be enough to buy insurance. So. so how has it changed your... So you quit this job. Now, you're, yeah. you're this guy. You're a nine-to-fiver, and you're like, see you later, America. Yep. And yep. you're like, I'm on my way. And then the market tanks. It comes back. You realize that you have to probably work a little bit harder than you did before. Where did, where did it all balance out for you? How did you... Did, were you the ramen guy for a really long time? Like, what did yeah, you do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had to cut back on a lot of stuff, just lifestyle-wise. I was broke, so I just didn't go out much at all. Like, were you in a roommate? Or 2010, you, I had you two old, roommates, so that okay. helped out. Um, but yeah, times were tight. I didn't have money for like a year and a half to two years where I was like on unemployment and getting that, you know, $480 check every two weeks to just buy food and stuff. But yeah, at the same time, I was I started writing scripts and just I'm like I gotta do something with my time. I have my free time now, so watched as many movies as I could and went and tried to support other people's shows. But I think it was the tail end of 2010. I booked 
these Bear Grylls degree commercials, and there was two of them. I was only supposed to be in one. I wasn't supposed to say anything, but the directors and I had such a blast on the first one. They're like, come tomorrow. They put me in the second spot, which turned into a third spot like a year later, but I booked those two, and then another uh, directing friend of mine now booked me in an Alka-Seltzer spot. So I booked three spots in the span of like a month, and that was just like, holy shit, just I saved need, my when life. When you it need that money, life. it's like... It, it's and, I, how, and I didn't get that money for like six months, but I just knew that it was coming, and just that peace of mind of I, I did three national commercials. That's what... Since then, I've been okay. I've, okay. Been, I've stayed above the. You never had to go then. back to that job and ask him for your, money, yeah, your job back. But there's been, you know, there's been multiple times where I've looked for like part time work or thought about like driving Uber or whatever that we yeah. all do because you're just like I need, I need a little money. bit of cash because bills, you know, rents are gonna go up forever and Dude. yeah, yeah, food it's, is expensive. It's and, a rough, but yeah, I, I remember getting a one check from like a Capital One and being like, oh man, maybe I'm, maybe I never have to have a regular job again. Isn't this great? And then like that money was gone in like, like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck did well, what's, what's, what's great, what you do, is all the stuff you've put off for like a decade yeah. comes to fruition where you're like, yeah, I'm 35. I should probably own a suit. Yep. <laughs> gotta get a or, suit. Gotta uh, get a big screen TV. Or the mattress, a... the futon mattress yeah. I bought in college probably doesn't cut it. Maybe that's why girls don't yeah, maybe no one's me out <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's why no one's staying over. You buy stuff that you're like, oh, you put off for 100 years. That's just life stuff that you should have bought along yeah. the way. Like, yeah. yeah. Has Uber and Lyft become what they used to say about waiters and waitresses? Like now everybody that's driving you around town is like, oh, I'm actually a director or whatever. And have <laughs> yeah, you ever probably. been picked up by, any, by an Uber person that you recognize? And it was like you kind of felt bad? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. You know what's but coming, I, yeah. right? Oh, totally. And that's sad. What's sad about that is that it seems like already that it's not worth it. And it's like for the drivers, it's not Every driver really complains about it. how much they make. It doesn't seem like you'd have to really put a lot of time into yeah. that. I mean, the idea behind it is great. You're able to make totally. your own hours and you can go to whatever audition you need to and you can take off whenever you want. As a consumer, as a consumer, it's great. Oh, it yeah. Is. Prices are cheap. It's incredible. It, no unless they do those surge like, things, you got to yeah. watch out for those. Yeah, it's, exactly. You're going on the surge. <laughs> even the surge for me is like, okay, now I got to pay an extra 15 bucks. It's a good DUI is ten thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. plus. Probably you. Kill I like somebody. how you're doing yeah. the math on that one. You're incorporating uh, X over DUI equals. Well, that's what okay. I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it might be a lot, but it's it's like driving yourself is never an, the option. No, anymore. no, no, like, yeah. No, no. If you're drinking, I mean. and, and, and and in this in this city specifically, we all know. I mean, it's a it's a common joke, but good luck in a taxi cab. Oh, yeah. In Los Angeles, there's six of them. I think they yeah. cover the whole city. They they the tried worst. a couple of years ago. They were like they put up signs around Hollywood when I was like living right by uh, uh, La Brea and Franklin, and they were, all the signs were like. You can just hail a cab now. Just just hail a cab like any other city. And everyone's like, what are these signs? As like, you yeah. put your hand out and a bus hits and you, and bus you're like, mirror ah, rips ah. off your digits. Like, ah. You're going to have to stand there for a while because our fleet, there's one in San Gabriel. That's there's right. one. But, I mean, the, and then you get into a cab and their attitude is bad and they're angry and it costs too much. And it's like, why? Is, how is this better? Yeah. How yeah. is a cab better? Yeah. John just informed me yesterday. A lot of people die from um, uh, mirrors uh, on on buses. I did not know this. This is an oh, interesting fact. Those yeah, they stick out. out really far, Dude, they, and they drive oh, real close yeah. to the sidewalk. They can decapitate people. That's a good PSA. Well, he's the more well. You know. That's great. The more you know. How much do those pay, John? Do you know? Uh, they don't. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, it's not worth it, right? Those like, are I mean, we got our, our, the volunteer. Definitely yeah. not worth it. So you know, so so since then, and you you have done some TV stuff as well. Yeah, obviously you did, you did film. I know. Obviously, yeah. you did film. Yeah. Um, yes, frozen peas, everyone. No, but no, but so I mean, what's the. Um, as far as TV, what was the one that you got most excited about? Was it the first one? Was there something else the, that you got on? You're like, yes, just to break through. Because I, again, I, I just got a manager a couple of years ago. It's like 
commercially, I've been doing great for eight years and been totally lucky and happy with that and my agents and everything. But I took a bunch of meetings with managers and they were like, we don't like you and we don't see ourselves finding you opportunities. Do you appreciate that honesty though versus someone taking you and doing absolutely nothing for you and shuffling papers when you call? My manager is awesome. We're friends. He's a great dude. He's totally genuine. It's awesome. I love this guy. Like no BS. And I always said like, I don't care if this person's good at their job. If they're like a shark, douchebag, Ari Gold, I don't want anything to do with that in yeah. Hollywood. It's like there's, there's time, life is short. I don't want to give don't, 10% no or 15% reason. of my money to an asshole. And I don't care if they're like, he's going to get you in that room. If he's a fuckface and everyone else knows he's a fuckface, I don't want him representing me. Ian Bag so like, said that, speaking of that, he said um, the way you should choose managers and agents is uh, would you be okay introducing him to your parents? Yeah, and if you're not, totally. then don't take him, yeah. which is always an interesting take on I that think, whole thing. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. There's got to be people out there that you're more than happy to speak on your behalf on the phone because that's going to be a lot of it is on the phone. And my agents at my uh, commercial agency that I've had forever and my manager are totally right and they're the nicest people ever so yeah but getting in i got into this room on at paramount it was one of my first theatrical auditions and it was i i, I it wasn't for blackish i think it was for something else but the the late the two the two or three ladies that uh run the, the casting office we just hit it off they were it was the warmest room in town i was like oh my god because i'd been to some other theatrical auditions that were brutal yeah like, just felt like crawling into a hole <sighs> But this room was awesome, and then I went in for them like a second or third time, and I booked my first TV show, and it was Blackish, the first season. And they brought me back even later that season, so they're like, you're recurring now, you're which Nurse is, Larry. Which is great. Which is amazing. Yeah. My first job, and they're like, we wrote another line for you yeah. to say. You're not a video and, store guy that's only going to show yeah, up once, because they totally. only go to the video store once ever totally. in 10 they seasons. They liked you, and they're like, bring this guy back. So hopefully Nurse Larry, Larry has some life left in him. And, but. and that's, a, that's something that I don't think we've actually touched on in this show, is that... Um, there is there is a key to getting to know casting directors oh, totally. and casting agents in both commercial and in television, yeah. and they are different. Yeah, and they do need to get to know you. And sometimes they'll call you in, and you may not get it. But the point is, they're letting you know that they like you. If you get called right, in repeatedly by the same person you theatrically, know, you know, you know they that like they're you. pulling for you no matter what. Right. It's only a matter of time, yeah. and that's exactly. And, and it was it was one of the first or second auditions that I went in for them, and they're like. We got to find a spot for you, and that just, again, like just someone saying that that you think is cool and not full of shit, right? Cold-hearted world. world, right? Yeah. Where they're just like, they're like, you did a great job. Like we're gonna we're gonna find something for you. You did soon. a great and job, like, and you're en- you're enjoyable to be around. Yeah, like yeah, that's you a do thing. a great job on yeah. camera. Then you come off, and we don't have to go. Oh fucking, there goes Mike I C think, Nelson, bag think, of shit. I think that is one of the most important things in this town. It's like, yeah, you have to have some talent. You can't be devoid of talent, of course. Be a pro. Show up. Be prepared, for, have yeah. ideas, and three, don't be an asshole. For don't Savage. be a dick. Show up on time, don't be a dick, know your lines. You uh, win. You're you with win. The people, yeah. the same people, for a long time, and if they can't fucking stand being around you, oh my God. good yeah. luck. Yeah, it's like anybody that I see, like a skosh of, you know, you're at, you're at a crafty table or something, they're like, oh, they don't have... The chicken was dry at lunch or something. And you're like, fuck off. The compl- the <laughs> you got two home-cooked meals for you. The complaining like, about craft service free. and food is yeah. insane. Because anywhere else in regular America, your job, no one is feeding you. Yeah. No one is like, dude, we got tri-tip again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't be mad at that, dude. Just I'm eat it. guess. Like, Friday's going to be steak and lobster at yeah. the end of this 
Whatever. My trailer doesn't have a USB port. Go (laughs) get fucked. Get fucked. Go and fuck yourself. You're an ass. You have a trailer to like lay down in when you're not working, which it isn't work. Yeah. It's fun. God, have fun with it, you jackass. Yeah. Now that you're doing this stuff. Yeah. What, where would you say, okay, I'm obviously, you know, you're doing the commercials and you're doing the supporting role stuff in television. Where do you. Do you now have a point where you're like, this is where I want to be? Or are you just you're like, listen, wherever this takes me, I'm taking it's it. I'm going to work hard It's been pretty good so it. far. Yeah. I'm, uh, part of it is just kind of see where it goes because it's been, my path has been weird and unique, but it's been great. It's been like, it's worked out well to this point. So why, why you know, get worried about that? But my whole, I think, MO and ideas of what I want to do in the future is while we're here, it's like, I just turned 41. I got maybe another like, 15, 20 years, like, in my wheelhouse where I'm hopefully, like, being a, a you know, character actor. Right. I want to work, I want to work, I want to collaborate and work with friends and make stuff so that at the end of the day you look back on it and you're like, God, remember we made that movie in 2002 with $8 or yeah. we made that web series and it's like, that's the stuff you're going to talk about. You're not going to talk about, like, oh, that big guest star I did when you worked for five seconds with, you know. Yeah. It's great at whatever. a dinner party when you go back home for a second. But yeah. the extended stay, that's all the other memories. That I've been able to make a living and not have a day job for years already doing commercials and short films, and now I'm writing stuff. And, yeah, I'd love to get into other stuff and produce and direct like everybody else wants to. But right now, it's like just that I can pay my gas and electric or my electric bill with the AC that's going to yeah. be $1,000 yeah. this next yeah. one. But I could pay that because I, you know, my Geico ad finally started playing after waiting for 10 months. It's like, I'm going to be able to pay like, my bills yeah. because this Geico ad ran. It's, it's amazing. I'm, it, I'm, lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones and you for t- sure. You touched on this earlier that you, a bunch of you guys came out from Chicago. Where is everybody at, the, your group? Do you guys still do stuff? Did, yeah. did some of them fall to the wayside and yeah. be like, I'm out, I'm going to go some back and get them, a normal life? Yeah, some of them... Um, are doing stuff in the industry, of course. Like some of them are still like great actors, actresses, writers. A buddy of ours writes for America's Funniest Videos. He's okay. one of the head writers there and co-producers now. AFV. He was kids. he was scuffling for years, you know, and writing and all this stuff. And then boom, five or six years ago, he gets it. He's in the Writers Guild and he's got a family and a house and he's totally deserving of. He's one of the funniest people I've ever met. And then other people have gotten into real estate or other out stuff. here yeah, or have out here. Oh, they're okay. amazing. Other people have gone back to Chicago or wherever and have careers now. We don't have jobs anymore. We have careers. It's like, right. now I'm doing this. Yeah. I went and got my MBA and did that. But yeah, we're still dry hump, still sort of kicking. We do, you know, we'll make a video like once a year now. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it's still cool that we still get together and we're, you know, the fam- we're like the family in LA, you know, that we brought out from the Midwest has been he- a huge help during those lean times. Yeah. Times where you're like, I'm having a mental breakdown. I need family to be someone like, to talk to okay. that knows me yeah. and isn't going to be. You're going to get through this, buddy. Judgmental. I had a freak out three <laughs> seconds ago. You're in good company. Family important to you? Yeah. What yeah. was the one thing that you did while you were out here that they saw and they genuinely got excited about and you thought, okay, this is kind of cool? Like, you got, you know, you were talking about how your brother, yeah. when you were like in a play, was there anything that you did and that your, everybody in your family could be like, yeah, man? And you're like, yeah. oh, fucking cool. This I mean, is- I, again, I've been super lucky with the commercials because people that I went to high school with, college, Chicago, LA, everyone I've met along the way, Every time, like when the Geico spot ran two weeks ago, I got texts and emails and 
people. And you're just, okay with that. You're not one of those guys. That, it's the greatest. Yeah. Like, some people get pissed off at that. I which can't is always believe weird. that. You can't get pissed it's at like, that. that. It's like, that like, oh, they saw it, acknowledged they're it. They're proud. They're like, yeah. they're weirdly proud that they know someone that's like They on wouldn't TV hit you up if they weren't pumped. Yeah, and, they and wouldn't just be like, "Ah, oh, fuck you!" Yeah, you gotta, they're, yeah. Like, they're genuinely yeah, excited. No one's like, "Hey, buddy, you're rich now. Give me some." Yeah, There's well, no, that's but some people take that. Oh, you're trying yeah. to like, you know, yeah. oh, you're gonna pretend you're my friend now. Like, you know, it's, I, it's, it's a bad genuine, attitude to take. Yeah, it's just genuine. be happy they're, that you're getting noticed. Yeah, they're excited and they're you know they stop it and they tell their kids that they went to high school and, with and that what guy. They always like, say, that's the coolest. They always say like, "My kids don't give a shit." Like my friends are always like, "Dude, I always stop and go, dude, I know that guy." And they're like, "Shut up, dad, liar." Um. But I think it, even like the the first commercials, it was that way. And then I think when I did like Blackish or I was on Agents of Shield for like three, three seconds. seconds. But dude, but still, people are like they love the show, or their kids love the show, and they were like, "Oh my god!" And again, that they get so revved up about it. Like if you don't get revved up about that or think that that's fucking cool, yeah, it's 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 always nice to be acknowledged and have someone see what you do and go, yeah. "Wow, dude, that's because you know that." Either they, either deep down they're like, oh, you'll be back. You're, you're not going to make, or they're, and they're like, oh, shit, you did it. Like, good for you. It is kind of funny when you, when you talk, like when I was taking theater classes in college and stuff, my grandmother, who's now 96 years young and amazing, one of the most wow. amazing women of like the history of mankind, she was, you know, you get that family stuff of like, what do you do? Psycholo- philosophy, it's psychology and theater. You, you should take some business courses to fall back on, and then you get to Chicago, you start doing some plays, and they're like, oh, that's nice, you're doing plays, and move out to L.A., how's that going? Like, you, yeah. you know, you always have a home here. But then I think once they see, like, oh, it's turned into this career, and now they're the ones that are like, my grandson yeah. is on the television <laughs> shows and stuff. So it's, that's been kind of fun to see, like, the change of, like, we support you, but, but you know, get but, a real job already. <laughs> Fuck. But now I think they all know, like he's he's done okay. We're 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 happy for. Him. Here's what what I can say because I, I all I think all of us are uh, in our forties. The one thing I will say is that if I was to say to anybody that you want to pursue this, just do it. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like yeah, it's scary, and yeah, there's going to be the ramen years, the lean years, all yeah. that shit. But the thing is, like when people and I appreciate the people that always say there, there's a place back here for you. You know, make sure you have your safety and all that stuff. That's great. There, yeah. You will, no matter how long you pursue it, if you have any intelligence in you, you, you can go find a job. Yeah. That, that's the truth of the matter. You can go find totally. a safe career. You can do that. And there's, that's okay. The majority of the people, that's what they do. We need them. That's why we do what we do. Because they want people like us to keep trying so that they can be entertained. Yeah. It's you the know? best decision I've ever made. Like, I... Every day I think about it. It's like, that's the best decision to quit my day job and, and not take 40 hours away from what I want to be working on and doing and having the freedom to do what I want. It's the best decision I've ever made. And, the, you know, the times that I was talking about getting a, a day job, it's like, I'm, I'm going to still have to do that at some point. Where yeah. It's like, I'm going to, the, the auditions go away if you get older or whatever. They're just like, ah, you're annoying. <laughs> We're right. sick of your shtick. But you're going to have to time, do it. That's but, not, but see, I don't think, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, you... People work towards a retirement, but like I don't. There's nothing wrong with being an actor into your 80s and 90s. No, and that's if, incredible. And if I'm stoked if I could if, do that. And if yeah. you're already like you say, 15, 20 years left in your wheelhouse, but dude, then you're getting now you're you know older uncle, now yeah, you're grandpa, totally. now you're. I mean, dude, you've already got the chops. You've already been doing it long enough. Like right. you're only going to get better with age. Yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm excited again. Being I that think, sounds being, delusional, but my point is, <laughs> <laughs> but being a character actor is we're lucky in that. That's being like, the thing. Being a dude, 
because this sound this town is sexist and terrible. And if you're not like 18 and like, yeah, it's fake tits, and you're not yeah. you, you got to fall the wayside you until you're 35, yeah. and then you can yeah. be a mom. It's, it's Hollywood is still so ass backwards and yeah. all that shit. But, but all, being a character uh, actor is, is we're lucky that we could play stuff. Pop in, forever. say farts, look funny, yeah. pop yeah. out, get a paycheck. Like yeah. there there is some because because I I used to like. It used to upset me that I, I felt like I wasn't good looking. You know what I mean? Like when I was younger, younger. Uh, John? Like, no, but like. John. <laughs> but like. Is this, do you but, want us to, because we can but say something, what were you like, going to say? When I walk into a room of, for an audition and it's like one side is all models and one side is all character actors and I know that's the sound I'm supposed to, I'm like always relieved. I'm like, yeah, I'll go sit with the weirdos because yeah. the pressure of just being good looking all the time. Just, it, does, all, it does smell better by the good looking people. Right? That's a good point. Depending on what but you're going I, in for. I, I, I do feel bad for them in that, in that stance of like, how do you stand out if, you can't, if, if there's like, no lines and they know they're going in just based on their physicality? And, they could, like, and it's one person some, goes, I don't like that part of your face. Let's get this yeah, other guy And in that here, guy right? or girl might be the best actor in the whole doesn't room matter. of actors. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people ask that a lot, you know, I mean, again, but it's, but it's true, like you, uh, as an example, using the movie that I worked on, you know, some people, when there's certain scenes in that movie, they're like, how did you, they don't know how to ask the question, like, how did you get that person to be, they had to have known that they were, yeah. and you're like, I, honestly, they just know. Like In you, this you town, can't, you know. I mean, some people are naive, naive or delusional, but most people know, like, what, you know, by you go to a handful of auditions, and you know, like, oh, I guess this is like what I'm—they're bringing me in for the Twisted Sister uh, 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 music video. Mm-hmm. That guy—he's dead. I think he's passed on. So oh, remember yeah. the real—I forget. He, he played. He the, played. The he was Animal also House. There. Animal House. And he, he's got the. What do the you want to do with he, your yeah. life? No, not. I'm sorry. I mean, he played the teacher, and he was also in um, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was the uh, no, not Fast Times. Which one where he's like, hey, Lane. Um, Better, Better off dead. dead. Yeah. The teacher and that really weird looking oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Oh, Vargas. If you're, not, if you're not dating Beth anymore, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. like to. I mean, he know he has to know. Like oh, Barty Feldman yeah. had to know. And like, they killed it. They knew when they went in too. Like they were the weirdest guy. If they're like, Yeah, we're going for strange, they probably had like a little like chip on their shoulder of like I'm going to nail this. Uh, yeah. If you don't give it to me, I am the strangest yeah. motherfucker you're ever going to see. That but guy had an incredible career. He did, because he was the strangest guy. Totally. Like, by, like you said, by far. That almost wasn't, not almost, it was. You're right. It was but an advantage one, to him. He's in yeah. one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that other guy who looks sort of like Sloth from, <laughs> <laughs> from Goonies is also in that movie. There's yeah, a couple amazing. of weird-looking guys that have acted for an eternity since then. I saw the guy who played Mr. Heckles in uh, Friends, The Upstairs Neighbor, and uh, he's been in a thousand things. He <laughs> yeah. just pops in. I saw that guy riding his bike in Venice. Happy as shit just riding around. Yeah. I was like, that guy's probably got nine things to do next week. Yeah. And they're all probably like work half days on sitcoms. You it's know what amazing. I mean? I'm like, it's a great, it's, uh, it's a great. Yeah. But going back to just people taking the plunge, you got like, do it. Yeah. You can always go get your job back. You can go get another job. But I've had friends that have had to go back and get another job, but for the year or two they took off just to write or just to act and just to do stuff or to travel. It's like, that was totally worth it for them. You never hear someone saying, like, I'm so pissed I quit my shitty day job yeah, to well, pursue something. And it's like, yeah, you know. And on your deathbed, you're not going to like, remember that time I didn't quit my job? Yeah. And I stayed? yeah. You're never going to, like. That's not a turning point. No, you know, dude. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is, like, we only, we're, first of all, you have no idea how long you're here for. But, like, why not do shit you want to do? John, like, are you going to come into the, the cafetorium for the July birthday celebration <laughs> at your office? Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> More cake? Yeah. I mean, yes, I'll be there, but I would go. Carol doesn't like <laughs> banana bread. <but laughs> oh, fuck. Carol's God, a bitch. Yeah. 
Um, well, awesome, dude. Thank it. you uh, so much. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. For, for coming in. I thanks think for... it's a true, uh, a nice guy's finish first thing with you. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you're, no, I mean, you're, you're successful, but you're not like a fucking dick. And, you, and, and, and I think that. Have we had a dick on the show yet? I'm trying to think of. No, not. I mean, we'll we talk might, about we'll that talk after. about being dicks, but like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, it's a good, you got a good story. Thanks, man. Yeah, and, uh, and I can't wait uh, for Frozen Peas to come up because yes. that, that scene, by the way, is really, I'm really wearing funny. wearing a yeah. purple unitard with glasses and a beard, so it's, it, it, it looks pretty spectacular. It is. It, it is uh, those guys did a great job of shooting it, and the way they shot that scene is, is really oh, funny. Good, good. So and I love this. Mike and Frozen Peas. Yeah, yeah, really, really funny. Really nice. good stuff. And, and thank you again great. for And my angel from, my last angel from hell airs on Saturday. Good. And then Watch the, that. Then the show, what time? the finale, 8 o'clock Pacific time. Oh, DVR that stuff. DVR. Watch John Huck. School bus making his final appearance. And um, I'll be tearing down the podcast equipment in uh, sometimes my <laughs> nephew's uh, place he stays in down in our basement. You'll be doing that That's all weekend? Yeah, yeah nice. all weekend. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. All right, Thank guys. So Thanks for listening. Good show, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>